be. Something like that. I don't know. And I don't. I'm not good with the like. Okay, we're starting now, but this is like the the part where we do that. Okay. Uh, only thing is, like, try and stay in front of your mic, and you should be good. I'm gonna move mine. All right. I think. One. I think it's picking up all right. Yeah, I think we're all right. Cool. So, uh, guys, welcome. First off, whoever can see me, um, this is Theo. We're gonna do podcast number. I think this is nine or something. We have a couple ideas, or I had a couple ideas. Um, from several months ago, but now things have kind of changed, and I have a first option, something I want to talk about. So, grad school. Oh, God. Somehow Um, I knew we were going to talk about this today. Well, it's it's been on my mind for a long time just to kind of pick people's brains about it because I know how I got into doing this stuff, and then now you, like, when we first started talking about doing this, you weren't going to do that, and then, or you weren't going to like do it here for sure. Yeah, and yeah. And then you kind of have plans have changed and things like. By the by the way, sorry, is that like official public everything? Definitely. Okay, cool. Yeah. Just making sure it's <laughs> just out. Because I've known I've known kind of like who's in what spot for the last couple like weeks, months. Kind of, it's been in the plans, but yeah, yeah. Because Doctor Smith talks to me. Yeah. So, um, but that's cool. So, how did you? When you were first making the decision to like keep going in school, how did you how did you come to that? Well, um, I, I don't know. I think that school is really stable. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, uh, it, it's, I like that because mm-hmm. it, it gives me kind of a sense of purpose and something that like I, I'm doing on a regular basis that like, I feel like is at least making a difference in my life. Um, and I hope other people's lives as well. But, but honestly, like just like, I like knowing things and stuff, so I feel like the farther I go in school, the more I'm going to know, you know? So, um, that's really why I even want to go to begin with, is to just know more things uh, and, you know, make more connections, you know, which kind of is the reason why staying at VSU is a little weird, because it's not exactly making new connections, but it's kind of broadening on the ones that I already have at a more professional level fair enough fair enough do you foresee like a big kind of black and white change from like last day here to first day next year with like the way maybe faculty treats you or your expectations as a performer or anything like that I don't think that my expectations as a performer is going to be that different just because I've already been expected to do a lot Mm mm-hmm uh, I think that my responsibilities within the department will change for sure. Of course, yeah. Um, but again, I al- I already did a lot for the department as mm. an undergraduate student with Fami Alpha. So um, I think that the biggest change is just going to be within myself and kind of pushing myself over the threshold of, uh, you know, being an undergraduate student and being being more than that. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's going to be more focused, so I'm going to kind of have to cut the bullshit, you know, and, and really start, like, you know, my, yeah. plan, my, plan, <laughs> my plan is to practice every day over the summer um, starting tomorrow, mm-hmm. starting on the Monday after graduation. So uh, at least one to two hours a day if I can. So that's on top of working and yeah, teaching yeah. lessons and working out as well. Yeah. yeah. So 
the um, like so many so many things to say about that. So first off, yes, practice over the summer. The expectations of people. So the reason I ask, first off, is because I have like this weird scenario where I also did an undergrad and a grad degree with Smith. Yeah. But not four years of it. Yeah. So, I mean, you know the timeline for my teachers, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so, he was yeah. there for a year, and then I had, like, three more after that, various degrees or lengths of time. Yeah. Um, I expected – I think I expected more of, like, a new – like, you're a grad student. Here's what you're doing. Here's what you get to do. Like, big differences in the teaching style and the um, – I mean, the expectations and my job was obviously very different. I mean, even, you know, just that it's new. I didn't do marching band in my undergrad. Yeah. Um, there, there wasn't was a like, marching band at uh, no, GC, right? No. And so I didn't – not only did I not participate, I didn't ever teach or have a leadership role in a marching band in an undergraduate level. Yeah. All of yeah. my marching band experience as a performer is from high school. Yeah. And then I just did a boatload of teaching over the summer. I mean, mm-hmm. like three – anywhere from like three to – six seven weeks of band camp every summer just kind of in a row yeah you know at my at my longest i think i started july like fifth and then went all the way through august like 20 something teaching band camps like one year yeah just you know so stuff like that so obviously that was a big change but the thing with kind of having the same teachers and also having not similar programs but similar in region, obviously, because they're both like South Georgia programs. Yeah, I expected there to be a little bit of a difference in types of people, types of teaching styles, um, ways that I was going to receive. Yeah, um, not even instructions, but I guess the way the, the way I was going to perceive instruction. Yeah, and that yeah, was yeah. not the case, which was not a bad thing. It really was just a different. It allowed me to help mold myself a little bit more to the scenario as opposed to kind of just what I will probably be doing next year and what I normally do all the time, which is fly by the seat of my pants and hope I figure it out because everything is different. Right. So I hope for you that that works out like effectively so that yeah. you can, you know, get what you need. But I'm just curious about people's expectations because you have this an interesting scenario where most people in this department do stay for like five years just doing the MAT, like ed track thing. Yeah. And that's an expectation. And I don't feel that they're, yeah. treatment is probably very much different because they don't have responsibilities in the department really they just yeah stay. yeah and I, I i i agree with that honestly because um just knowing some mat students that have come mm-hmm. through um some brothers and whatnot like i know that they kind of feel like abandoned a little by their like studio professors and stuff because they're not involved in studio anymore it's like completely music ed for like a year and a half and it's like why don't you just keep that as a bachelor's of music ed like it was originally and let people kind of decide to go somewhere else for graduate school that's a whole nother rabbit hole but well that's one we can talk about if you want to because you know my undergrad is music ed like yeah, a real music ed exactly degree. exactly yeah. yeah and and i'm aware that vsu used to have that and when i was first coming here that was my plan, mm-hmm. but then I found out about the MAT program, and I was on that track originally uh, my first two years. For the BME? Yes. Um, so did you get... No, 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 for the, for the, for the BA ed. Oh, yeah, you, I think yeah. you would get a, a BMED. 
an actual bachelor's in music education, or did they have a bachelor? No, 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 no. They, my freshman year was the first year they started the MAT. Ah, uh, so, so they, I they was on track. I was on the track for the BA Ed to mm -hmm. go into the MAT, like like Luke. So you never got the option to grandfather into the old program. No. Ah, uh, that's an interesting interesting yeah. point because excuse me, I'm sure there's a lot of people uh, the year before you who there did was. get the option. There was, yeah, yeah. So, so I spent like a year and a half in that program, and then I approached Dr. Smith about changing my major to jazz, mm -hmm. and he was down for it, um, um, just, you know, because of the performance opportunities, and, and my interest had seemed to shift, but I think that the interesting thing about my situation now is that, like, going into graduate school, like, I'm not going to be... 100% focus on jazz. While that's going to be my main money maker later in life, I feel like not way to not say that. not money maker in that way. Just like Correct. I feel like I might teach jazz one day. You'll like, make uh, the most money, but you won't make a lot of money. Oh, no, <laughs> definitely not. I do stuff like this to make a lot of money. I'm going to start a Marvel podcast. Do that. You should. <laughs> you should. There's not enough podcasts in the world. Bro, I, I want to joke. I want to start like three or four. You should. They're fun. But. But anyway, that's a whole nother rabbit hole. Um, no, no, for real though. I, I think that I'm gonna teach jazz later on down the road. Mm -hmm. um, but I also think I'm gonna teach percussion. You okay. know, and I, one of the things that I already expressed to Smith is that I really want to refocus my classical side in graduate school because I know that in our field that that is a good good gig opportunity if you're a classical musician. And I mean, yeah. I am already a classical musician, so it's more of just like honing, you know, at this point because I haven't really been doing it that much lately. I, I did participate in wind ensemble a couple of times as a jazz major. Uh, never participated in BSO as a jazz major, but before that I did. Yeah, yeah. Um, and of course, percussion ensemble and like world stuff too, you know. So like, I'm interested in just kind of expanding all of that. Um, yeah, um, I, I think. As well as my piano and bass stuff, too, you know? That's probably more important for yeah. your jazz stuff. Yeah, sure. yeah, because, I mean, piano and bass is kind of iffy for me right now, but, I mean, I would take a gig. Well, you know? yeah, the like, gigging thing is kind of weird because you are unlikely to find a really good gig. Um, like, so it depends on your, like, regionally where you are, right? Yeah. Like, in Valdosta, if you kind of play bass... And they're short bass players. Like you might end up on that gig. Yeah, 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 for right? sure. But if you go to New York yeah. and you're not a bass like bass player, oh, you're not getting a gig unless oh, it's a yeah. shitty gig. You know, it's yeah, horrible. No. But I think because um, bass has been on my short list of stuff to do too. Okay. I think it's really just good because bassists and drummers are like the same person. They just do different stuff. Like yeah. the way I. I've played with a lot of bass players, uh -huh. but my when I was an undergrad for um, four years, man, I had my best friend play bass for me. Mm -hmm. For the whole time in jazz, man, he was the bass player, and I was the drummer, and it was like, we we fit, it was it was like butter, man. Yeah. And a good bass player, and that, like, I feel like the more I learn about bass, the more I understand where he was coming from in the way he played bass yeah. spe specifically, in addition to other people, but really Bill, like the way Bill played he was understanding his drummers, and that's because he had a lot of long-term relationships with drummers. Yeah. Um, me, in his Southern Rock band, and a couple other places, so. I another, think that's cool, and the piano 
Jacobs good. Another basis I know like that is uh, Kendrick Jacobs. You know. Oh, um, dude, playing so, Kendrick is so. Nice. I told yeah. you I gave with him like a month or two ago. Did you? The Saturday uh, before St. Patrick's Day, I played at Ashley Street because uh-huh. I just got this pickup gig from Jen Anders. I don't know if you know her. Does she teach at Bill Owens? Yes, Ben Owens. She does. That's yeah. Okay. Yeah. She so, teaches guitar up there. Yeah. So yeah, I we had with a little run-in because like she was using the drum room uh-huh. on the day that I was supposed to teach drum lessons, and I was like, Yikes. I was like, this is the drum room, <laughs> and she's like, oh well, yeah, I teach lessons on Mondays, so I ended up teaching on a pad in like the piano room or something. Y'all get it figured out. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Good. No, she's she's great. Um, yeah. outside of that, obviously. I had a pickup gig with her and Kendrick and a couple other people. This one dude who lives in Valasta. Oh, man. I feel so bad. I forgot both of their names. Um, but he's an organ player. And, man, when I tell you that he didn't move the whole gig, yeah. just sitting there, I'm looking at him. I'm like, is he playing? But I'm hearing him play, and he's he's ramming this yeah. thing. His legs were awesome. Wait. Was it a white dude? Yeah. Tyler with glasses? Were they like transition glasses where he looked like he was straight out of a 1970s movie? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's probably him. Dark, curly hair? Yeah. Yeah, that's Tyler Griffin. He he actually did it. Wait, movie. dark, curly No, he was like silver hair. Might be a different guy. Mm. Well, I was about to say, if it was Tyler Griffin, he graduated from here too with his undergraduate. Recently? Uh, I want to say last year or the year before he started his master's. Yeah, the dude I'm talking about is like 80. <laughs> oh, I think I do know who you're talking about, though. Yeah. Um, because I think I played I played a gig last weekend where I played with Richard Grayson and Connor, mm-hmm. and Richard called. You know that professor, that voice professor at, at VSU is a new, she's new. Yes. Laura Wilson. Yes. Her husband plays piano, and he came and like played a little bit with us. So maybe that's the same dude. Might be. Yeah. I don't know. Regardless. Kendrick was there. Yeah. And dude, he jives so what dude. He just He's killer. He's man. killer, man. And yeah. he knows he communicates so well. Yeah. He knows when to look, he knows when to give cues, he knows when yeah. to and, and also he's got bass bass like him. Yeah. Oh dude. We've been talking <laughs> we've been talking about playing together like um, a lot lately. Yeah. Like, we we haven't been able to play together in a long time and we've been talking about like putting a gig together over the summer. It'd be cool, so. man. He's a he's a killer dude. Is he gonna be involved a lot? Because he's still in Tallahassee, right? Yeah, I, I don't know. but um, Either way, it's cool, and you should pick up bass if you get the chance. Well, I already, I, you know, I took two semesters. But yeah, you yeah. should continue to pick up bass yeah. if you get the chance. But and, I, and I, haven't, I haven't picked it up in a while, honestly. It's just a sound thing. Yeah, but I mean, I, I, could, I could play now. There you go. Have I told you about this idea I have? So, you know how it's hard for a drummer to get like a solo gig? Uh-huh. And you have like singer-songwriters who can just do just that. Like like Jen, what Jen does, yeah. she just has like an amp and a guitar and yeah. she just pays for herself like that. Mm-hmm. So I had this idea where, where I'm doing the Ableton thing with Arizona. I buy one of those Pearl Mallet stations. Yeah. Right? I have um, like a, a pad, like a SPDX kind of pad and then like an actual electric bass. Yeah. Route it all into the computer and then I can loop and play my own jazz combo. Like vibes on the Mallet station. And then have like a pedal board switcher and a looper. Yeah. And then I'm a single solo jazz combo drummer gig. Yeah. I mean, you could, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. the plan. It would be pretty cool. Just play jazz like standards, easy money, 100 bucks yeah. a pop. Just load in in one truckload. No real instruments except for the bass. I just learn some bass lines a little bit, you know. Yeah, I mean, you could just play blues to start out and, 
you know. The whole time. Yeah. The whole time. Two hours of blues, guys. Blues is easy, bro. Comp on the vibes, do a little bit of crazy solo on the bass, and by ah. crazy solo, I mean horrible. Yeah. Just call it a day. No, That's the uh, soloing on bass is hard, bro. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I'm sure. I already don't improv you know that i yeah. just don't I, that's, that's when i was whole. taking lessons with levitt he would make me like he would give me tunes like standards and he would be like all right next week i want you to come back i want you to be able to play the head on bass play an accompaniment bass line and play a solo while i'm comping on piano and i'm like all right so i go back the next week and like he used to make me do like finger push-ups and stuff so like oh my god fingers out. Oh. and um and like so we would so we would get started and we'd play something easy like like blue monk mm-hmm. you know so play blue monk play play the head and then play a bass line easy then he's like all right solo and i'm like with this upright you know and i'm like all right like and i'm just like soloing and just completely like my intonation and everything just goes out the window because like i'm instantly in like all right, I'm trying to make like two five one connections and stuff, but like I don't know where to go on this thing. So, so there's, there's a question: How much of the lesson did you do on upright, and how much did you do on electric? I didn't barely do anything on electric. Really? Yeah. So he made you like well, deep in I first did in on the upright. beginning. Yeah. In the beginning, for probably the first two weeks, mm-hmm. I played electric, and I picked up on it pretty quick. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, "All right, we're gonna move to upright." So then I learned German grip, French grip with the bow. And then I started doing jazz. Which like, one do you like? I I like uh, a German a lot better with the the two. Oh, it kind of looks like your finger. Yeah, I know, I know the difference. Um, but the French is just awkward. It's just that that's like the standard. I feel like um, that most string players depends use, on where you're at. At least in high school, it's yeah. just weird with this whole like weird like hash sling slasher claw grip you have to do around the bow like it just does not feel comfortable to me probably because this is like a major assumption and i have but to be fair neither of the bow grips feel comfortable to me well yeah but (laughs) as as a drummer though i can see how having your shoulder in a more comfortable position that's more like what we do with sticks yeah you want to get some whiskey oh yeah yeah let's i'm about done with my coffee so let's go so what do you want to start with so this is a weeded Bourbon, which is going to be a little bit smoother, and then this one's going to be a little bit more chocolate. It's a double oak. Let's go with that first. All right. Yeah. So while we're on the topic, so coffee today, which uh, unfortunately didn't work out for Thea, which is my bad. Um, Space curdled, Bear Black Rifle. Curdled creamer. Yeah, well, I'm going to blame Chelsea on that one. <laughs> Goodness. Um, and then whiskey today, double oaked Woodford Reserve, which is kind of one of my favorites of all time. And then later we'll break into the Weller, and I think the old smoke it too. Yeah, I got some salted caramel. So first off, congrats on graduating. You well too. Done. And then the way these go, you get a little bit of a swirl. Okay. And you can get the aromatics on it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I've never, you know. Really? I mean, when I, bro, when I went to old that dispensary in Tennessee, I was already shit-faced, and I was high as fuck. So, so two things. I was just... Dispensary, you meant distillery. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, is there really a difference? Yes. Addicts go to either or, so... Now you listen here, okay? I just like good stuff. Good? Oh, yeah. 
Oh, yeah, all right. I like that. That's nice and smooth. Not too bad. No, it's not harsh at all. I got cold glass and ice and anything if you want to mix some of that later, too. I usually drink soap neat. Well, that's even better. That's the way to drink it. Yeah. I appreciate you. Anyway, it's just it's nice because it gives you the full alcoholic experience. Oh, I agree. I agree. I don't <laughs> I so here's the thing. I will if I'm at like a bar. We're twenty one and over. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, no. Legal stuff here only, right? Um so if I'm at a bar, if it's like a nice bar and they have a good selection of stuff, I'll get like a neat pour, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, like a Woodford or a Weller or Occasionally, I'll get like a Maker's Neat, or if they have like an, uh, you know, Buffalo, like Buffalo Trace is like the bottom. Yeah. I'll get me a neat pour Buffalo Trace all day long. Anything yeah. nicer from Buffalo is cool. Yeah. Um, Angel's Envy, something like that. But if I'm at like a crappy bar or like a music bar or something, I'll get like a whiskey and Coke, or I'll get like a Jameson something, you know what I mean? Yeah. Something Irish. I like, I like whiskey and Coke. Uh, yeah. Or like Jack and Coke. Exactly. Yeah. But if I'm at home, I'm not doing that. You yeah. know what I mean? If I'm at home and I just want a drink to like have a drink that's going to be like a whiskey and coke, I'm just going to get a beer. Yeah. Like it's way easier than something else. And I would never, you know what I mean? It's yeah. Just, it's, I'm it's not a huge fan of beer, honestly. Um, Which it surprises me. I've so never, much. I've never really liked the taste. I've always tried to get super shit faced with my friends off beer. And I always end up just like drinking wine or whiskey or something instead or vodka. Look, we've um, all been there. Let's no anybody that pretends that they haven't been there is probably a liar. But listen though, I want to get into beer. You should do the craft thing. Yeah, for real. Yeah, because there's I want a lot to. better options. Like you know, what if you're drinking like Bud Light, Yingling, yeah, Coors, Michelob, yeah, something you know, even even up to like if you're just drinking a whole bunch of Stella, anything that's mass produced. Yeah, you know, I can drink uh, Corona, actually. Okay. Corona and a and a Greek beer known as Mythos. Okay, I know Mythos. Um, and uh, Mythos corona Red with lime on the Corona. With lime, yeah. Okay, so you should definitely do the craft thing. Okay, yeah. Because there's a lot more. And Heineken, actually. I can see how you would like Corona and Heineken. Yeah. Um, a lot of people do that. They're different. They're like way different, mm-hmm. but the taste profile is similar. Uh, not not on like a bitterness scale because now the one was bitter, but you know the the way you perceive what the bitterness is. You know, yeah. a lot of people like beer tastes like horse piss. Yeah, <laughs> there are smoother like light lagers and horse. piss A lot beers, of it does you know. taste like horse piss. A lot of it does, and yeah. a lot of it tastes like water. But that's and I'll be discussion. like, why are people into this sometimes when I when I taste it and I'll mm-hmm. be like, this fucking sucks. I had a little bit but, of craft stuff in the fridge. You want to try some stuff later? Yeah, we can we'll try some that. later. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, I do stuff at the brewery, so like, yeah, yeah. I do. That's like all day long. That's what I do. But I mean, yeah, I, I um, speaking of of whiskey though, um, another one that I really enjoy, um, it's got a lot of different flavors, and it's more of like an at home. My mom actually put me on it. It's called Bird Dog. Bird Dog. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you like that stuff? I like some Bird Dog. Yeah. I like okay. Some Bird Dog. The um the the apple one's good. Yeah. And they have a like have a honey something. Yeah. Version. I like the strawberry. I um, the strawberry. That one's really good. And the like, the black cherry maybe. I've had the black cherry. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I did a lot of Bird Dog in undergrad with friends. I mean, it's 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 cheap. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But it's one of the it's it's like the whiskey that doesn't. It doesn't taste cheap. It, I mean, it tastes cheap, but it doesn't taste like novel. You know what I mean? Like a lot of flavored whiskey. Like if you're, I'm gonna go get a handle of like Smirnoff strawberry or something. Yeah. It just tastes like Kool Aid mix bullshit. Whereas yeah. opposed to Bird Dog, is like okay, they're trying. Yeah. And it's yeah. cheap as fuck. So. And I think it's interesting that it's less money than Jet uh, than uh, Crown, and it's oh. better than Crown. 
Mm. I, in my opinion. That's an opinionated thing. In so Crown is a controversial. So two, one thing. I'm going to get to go do the bourbon trail in Kentucky in June. And I'm so excited. Oh, yeah. Right. So I'll get to actually do all the, like, from the distillery best ones, right? Which is why I'm trying to make sure I'm up to date on all the different, you know, bourbon tastings and everything. Crown is controversial because, you know, there's different types of whiskey. Yeah. Right. So bourbon, one of them. Crown is a Canadian. Off A lot of it's, some of it's blended, some of it's not. It's got a different taste profile. It's is it just like smooth. an entirely different sect? Well, it's whiskey. Right. Right. Whiskey. So like, But, like, you got bourbon and then you got, like scotch yes and you got crown is another subsect of that crown is like just whiskey right so like bourbon is whiskey and whiskey whiskey is not bourbon necessarily right? yeah yeah yeah. but then sure. there's scotch sure. and then there's rise which has a different mash bill which sure 50 or more over 50 percent rye in the bill right yeah. and that's kind of how that works out and then there's all kinds of other variants um crown is a problem because crown is an irish whiskey too which is Different than scotch, obviously, but right. different than bourbon. Bourbon is like a lot of people will tell you must be made in Kentucky or it's not bourbon. What it really needs to be done is is matured for over two years in new American oak barrels. Mm-hmm. There's like laws and shit. I knew that. I knew that bourbon. I, I'm not very um, very knowledgeable in this debauchery art, but others. Um, but I did know that bourbon was originally like an American. Yes thing and that there's there was a big difference between that and like irish whiskey and that and scotch which is scottish yes okay so so the thing and there's rules for what you can call scotch and what you can and there's different kinds of scotch and i like scotch actually that that might be like like i've had some scotches that i'd put over my favorite whiskeys talking like johnny walkers or like you know, like, I can't I was, even really remember the names, to be so, honest. It was just, like, given to me by... The other problem you know. with scotch is there's, like, there's like whiskey, and then scotch, bourbon, rye, whatever. And then in scotch, there's, like, Isla, single malt, blended, yeah. all kind, you know, all kinds of things. Yeah, I've um, definitely had some single malts before, for yeah. sure. The thing, with, the thing with Crown, though, is that scotch drinkers drink scotch, right? Bourbon drinkers drink bourbon. Crown is, like, a whiskey that is... A lot of people that drink like American style whiskeys and bourbons will also enjoy Crown every now and again, but it is not bourbon at all. But it's kind of in that same kind of vein. And um, the traditional bourbon drinkers will be like, don't you dare drink Crown. Yeah. And then people who are a little bit more of a man will drink a lot of Crown. Like, I used to drink a lot of Crown. Yeah, me, t- it's, me too. It's easier to drink. Yeah. You know, it's not as, it's a lot of it is not as complex flavor profile. Yeah. And it has this kind of like, mysterious quality to it with the velvet bag and the you know there's a lot of expense i mean hey I, I keep my vic firth uh fluffy three beater mm-hmm. i keep my all base, my stuff in my base drum in crown yeah. in crown bag i drink so. i drink i keep all of my beaters and crowns i keep my dice bag from like card games and stuff yeah in a black crown bag but that's such a Is that your secret like Magic the Gathering bag. Yeah, back when I used to do crazy witchcraft and stuff. With your... uh, No, I have one, bro, with the cards and the dice. It's all right. Yeah, it was back in the day, man. But (laughs) anyway, um, it's just such a... It's a... It gets people riled up when you talk about crown. And it drives me nuts because there's good crown. Yeah. No, I like the vanilla. I like the apple. The apple's 
That's kind of my point. I think the good crown is better than that. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Well, so the the problem with that is people. I've never tried like the X, the XL, or the XL, like the XO, yeah. the XR is XL. XL is not the one. XR. Something with an X. Um, I like crown black a lot, which is a little bit more expensive. The problem is that crown apple and crown vanilla have become like staple mixers. Yeah, not for mixers, sure. but like base to a mixer. For sure. So yeah. like, let me get a crown apple and Coke, or a crown apple and some juices, or some you know stuff like cranberry that. Cranberry juice. Or yeah, something. exactly. Yeah. And that has kind of watered down what good crown can be. Yeah. I yeah, also think yeah. the crown blenders mash is really good. Yeah. There's you know. I've tried that. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. smooth, man. And I've also, um, well, this kind of probably gives it away, but I've tried the crown caramel. Which I also good. like. Yeah. I just like caramel uh, liquor to yeah. begin with. I think it, that, you know, caramel syrup adds a nice, almost like a thickness to liquor. You know what yes. I mean? It's uh, nice. Consistency in any kind of spirit is something that's way overlooked. Because there's way too many vodka and tequila drinkers out there that are just like, it should look like water and it should taste like ass. And that's just what they want. I hate tequila, bro. Dude. I, like, literally can't even, like look at it unless it's in a margarita it's and even then i drink the margarita and i'm like bro this tastes like tequila i want a virgin exactly (laughs) it's 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 polarizing man but but it's awful in dark liquors (laughs) it's way more important you know what i mean there's a lot of whiskeys out there um that have a little bit more of a thickness to them because of the way that they're you know how long they spend in the barrels and what the barrel you know is and how it how it interacts how it was charred how it's done on it and it makes it it's the subtle difference that makes all it makes everything. Yeah. It's perfect. So yeah. but you should you should continue. Oh no, I mean my sure. ventures into into dark liquor have, have definitely been growing for as sure. I get older. Um whiskey is something that I really have started to enjoy a lot, as well as bourbon. Um I need to get into more scotches because I know I like that. And then I um also got into dark rum recently. Ooh um, a good dark rum. Which like is nice. Spiced? Yeah, spiced, you know, like Kraken. Uh, no, let's not get crazy. Uh <laughs> I like is a little aggressive. I like um this Captain Jacks that I found. It's yes. a spiced apple yes. rum. I've had that one. Uh, that's really nice. And then they also have the counterpart, which is just the regular spice rum from that brand. And both of those are really nice. So what you should do is go to a distillery that does multiple different types of spirits. Uh-huh. All right. So when's the next time you're going to be in Savannah? Oh, my! you know, my dad just moved to Savannah literally like three weeks ago. So what you should so do. So sometime over the summer. Yes. There's a great place in Savannah called Ghost Coast, uh-huh. um, which is a distillery. I went... Almost four years ago now. It was sometime after my 21st birthday um, with a friend. And I got, there's, I still have a bottle somewhere. It's on that bookshelf, I think, of their, their base whiskey. But they did whiskeys and rums and all kinds of like bitters and blends and everything. Yeah. Um, spirits and stuff. Yeah. And I did like a couple different tastings and everything. And they get, you get to do tours and talk about all the different types of barrels and yeah. the way it ages and stuff. That's like a great baseline to... Because if you go, if if you get like what I'm going to do over the summer, go do the bourbon trail and everything, you're going to walk into Buffalo Trace and they're going to be like, bourbon. Do you like bourbon? We have bourbon. Only bourbon. And this is what bourbon is. As opposed to a little bit more diverse. Yeah, yeah. Here's the different types of spirits. Let us walk you through it. We have a bar with like a lot of different stuff. They'll do mixtures and stuff. If you go to Buffalo Trace and you're like, yeah, can I get a bourbon and Coke? Yeah. They'll probably shoot you. Yeah. (laughs) So you just have to... 
you have to find somewhere that'll let you do that kind of deal and then explain and talk through some of the darker stuff. Right. You know what I mean? That's right. a great. You should do it. Yeah, I mean, my dad just moved to um, this little suburb close to Savannah, close to Tybee. Um, Which one? I want to say it's like Madison something. I think or, that's one. Yeah. Or I don't know. He um, he really likes Tybee Island. Him and his. Oh yeah, uh, dude, Tybee's awesome. I don't want to say my stepmom because they're not married, but him and his girl. I, I get you. Say that. <laughs> um, they like Tybee Island, so uh, it. It, it, it's on the bucket not the bucket list it's on the list for the, the summer yeah, yeah, yeah to, to go visit him and so so you said that's called ghost ghost coast ghost coast okay yeah, check it out I send me I'm that go, in a text or something so i don't forget that i think i'm gonna go i'm going to savannah to see my friend uh tomorrow actually so i think i'm gonna go check it out i'll let you know how if anything's changed okay yeah because um, when i went they were only like a year into existence or something uh-huh so they didn't have any of their in-house aged things. Yeah. Because right? stuff has to sit in barrels for yeah, like two, yeah. three years. So now they should actually have bourbons that have been matured, and they might actually have, like, maybe some five-year blends or something. I don't know. We'll see. Wow. You yeah. can't wait. But no, I, I should definitely go check that out. Um, um, anyway, another round of something? Yeah, we'll yeah. Try that Weller? Yeah, or we can bust into the old Smoky either or. try the Weller first. All right. Let's All right. do it. Then we'll, we'll start busting it then after that. So uh, you want to do Marvel? Well, actually, I did have two more alcoholic topics that i wanted to touch with you real quick the first one is a little controversial i feel like when i say it people might might shoot me but i really have not been able to find any love for the cognac oh my god so so shed some light on this for me why is that shit so ass You know, I why think, do people hype over it so much? I think you are in the, so first off, I'm not, I don't drink it and I don't know a lot of people that do. Right. I know a lot of people that cook with it. Yes. Yeah. That's a thing. I think we're in the wrong community to appreciate that. Right. Yeah, for sure. Like we're in a Hennessy type of community. That. You need to be in a Gordon Ramsay cook with cognac kind of community. So that's the thing. It has a little, it, there's there's vibes to every kind of alcohol, right? Yeah. The problem is there's also price levels. So, oh yeah, so we did bourbon. Same thing. Let me know how you like. Definitely has a different, different smell. Very different, yeah. I think that you'll like that one a little bit smoother. Find that one a little bit smoother. Hmm. That's like. You take Jack Daniels mm-hmm. and you put it up here, <laughs> dude. So, uh, short aside before I get into the cognac thing, I have a a theory that I stole from someone that Jack Daniels is the perfect like neutral uh, dark liquor of mm-hmm. all time. So I will only drink stuff that is Jack Daniels or better. People will be like, "Why do you drink Jack? Jack's crappy." No, Jack is like. The perfect baseline. Yeah, yeah. If it's worse than Jack, why are you drinking it? It's better than like, um, is it Jack Daniels that makes that like, what? No, no, it's not. What's that brand that's got the B on it? It's like, it's like got like, it's like, is it Jim Bean? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Jim Bean. How do you feel about Jim Bean? So Jim Beam is that worse than Jack Daniels? Jim Beam is definitely worse than Jack Daniels. That's what and I that's thought. That's the only that's the only caveat to what I'm saying, and that's because I drank a metric ton of Jim Beam. Yeah, I can lifetime. remember on on uh, our 20th birthday, me and Ben when we were living in Blanton, he got a bottle of Jim Beam yeah. apple, and like 
we thought it was some really good shit. Dude, Jim Beam <laughs> is cheap. It's not great, but I will drink. I'll drink Jim Beam all the time. And that's because my best friend Bill, the bass player. Yeah. His dad will drink. His his dad does seven swirls and a dip. That's he gets one of those like forty eight ounce Yeti cups and uh-huh. he goes one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, dip, and that's how much he drinks. And then fill it to the top with Coke. Shit. Like an animal. So we drink a lot of Jim Beam. Shit. Right? That's like the fucking half the handle, bro. That's the only that's the only breaking the rule on the Jack Daniels thing. All right. Anyway, the cognac and Hennessy thing. Yeah. So Shed some light. The problem is there's like levels to this thing. Um, Hennessy has kind of advertised itself as a designer brand in some ways. Yeah. When in for reality sure. they're not they're you can get some of it's expensive, some of it's not that expensive. None of it's as cheap as Jim Beam. But Hennessy also makes like, you know, sponsors car engines and shit. Yeah, they, they sponsor rappers and shit too. They they sponsor rappers, really they make big. like special edition Hennessy cars and do engines and stuff like that. Like They're like almost like a designer clothing brand. I, yeah, that and, and that too. I don't it's understand like Vuitton, how they bro. have their fingers and everything, but they do. And they're trying to multi market this thing. It's Disney. It's probably Disney. <laughs> um, but they have they, they advertise to a certain type of people who like the that like you know it's part of the rapper lifestyle yeah it's what used to be like gray goose has yeah. now become like Hennessy. you know yeah what I yeah mean? yeah and cognac has done the same thing but for like gordon ramsay types of folks where it's you don't see a whole lot of people like you know in music videos chugging cognac but you see that people cook with it and people will be a little bit more it's like a nice wine in some ways yeah, but yeah. other people also yeah. treat it kind of like they do Hennessy. I really think that alcohols have like a regional thing to them. Yeah, right? Where yeah, it's yeah, like sure. Some of the stuff, like I was talking to my uncle the other it's day. It's like Uzo it. in Greece. Yes, that's the only place that I know that drinks that shit. Yes, and, and it's disgusting. That's a, that's a very extreme <laughs> example. Right? It is, that's but like it's saying, what popped into my head. That's what saying like saying something about sake. Yeah, right? yeah, sure. Where it's sure, like obviously sure. that's all they, you know. But sure, even even in America where everything is a little bit more diverse, where we obviously have. You know, act, you know, it's hard for me to find a bottle of sake, like a nice bottle of sake in a liquor store. Yeah. Or as opposed to there's Same a giant, Uzo, yeah. yeah, there's a giant sign on the wall that's like whiskey, right? Yeah, and yeah. there's a whole, you know, even though there is sake there, there's no options. Yeah. Right, right, so, right, right. It's like one bottle. Yes, yeah. exactly. But I was talking to my uncle the other day. There's the, the, the big deal is state liquor laws, which I didn't realize were a big deal because I've lived in South Georgia my whole life. This bottle of Weller. <laughs> He can't get in Virginia, no matter how many liquor stores he goes to. And he told me that if I can get another one to ship it to him, and he'll pay me like more than it's worth. Why? Because certain um, state. So what I didn't. The big deal is that I didn't realize that certain states have state-controlled liquor distributions. Uh huh. So all of their liquor stores are state-owned and sponsored, which is crazy, right? That's that's that is crazy. He lives in Virginia, and that's one of those states. So they have a very, um, uh, they can't just be like, oh, this is good, let's order it. They have a super specific product list on what they can get from distributors, and it doesn't change much. Wow. So even though the demand goes up for something, the supply doesn't go up for something in that state. Right. They have all these issues. And Weller has been blowing up. So you are you familiar with Pappy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Weller is Pappy. Oh. So yeah. the, not this. This is like a $30, $40 bottle, right? But there is, um, the way this works is like Pappy is like the bourbon, right? Pappy, um, Weller makes 
that's like a, a non-aged or like maybe a, a couple year aged Weller also makes like a 10 and a 12 and a 20 year aged bourbon Weller 12 year is Pappy mm. the way it works is Pappy has like a grandson or whatever and then there's like a board of like 12 people and they go through every barrel that comes out of their thing and they test it and every person on that board of people has to say that's good enough to be a pappy, and that bottle becomes a bottle of pappy. Wow, wow. But yeah. if one person says no, that's a bottle of pappy 12 year, or excuse me, of Weller 12 year. Hmm. So it's like the same thing. So by, you know. That's interesting. Like, it's like a Supreme Court, like, yes, where exactly. you just like one judge disagrees, and it's like, nope. Yes, it's a unanimous decision. But th- that's how that works, right? You can't decide how it's going to taste before it goes in the barrel. Yeah. You have to decide after it comes out of the barrel. Yeah. So everything has to get tested, taste tested afterwards and like marked from there. They can only determine what goes in the barrel and how long it stays there. And yeah. then afterwards, whatever comes out, comes out. Because each barrel is different. There's even in some of these warehouses, there's they have like specific corners mm-hmm. where it's like just because the, the humidity and the air conditioning and stuff is different that... 20 feet that way, yeah. that's a different type of bourbon. Even yeah. though it's the same mash that goes in the barrel and yeah. the same type of barrel. It's wow. crazy. Wow. So because of that, everything on the Weller line is hard to get in some of these alcohol-controlled state or state-controlled alcohol distribution yeah. services. So, And I need to do more research, obviously. By the way, I'm an idiot. I have no clue what I'm talking about. But um, You know more than me. I think that's interesting. I um I wish we were one of those like really established podcasts where we could like edit in a picture of Poppy from Seinfeld that whole time. Like I'll just I'll do that. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Poppy the dude that pees on the couch. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Yeah, just like hey, yeah, Poppy controls the uh, whiskey the whiskey uh Supreme Court. You know I'm gonna edit that in now. <laughs> Please do it. Do it. Um, um that'll make all my dreams come true. Of course, naturally. Uh but no, that is very interesting and um like, I really think that, you know, just, like, everything is political, like, even when it comes down to to alcohol. And, that, like, we're, we're living in a modern-day, uh, I, don't, I don't even know. You know, like, we had, we had, um, I'm drawing a, a blank because we've been drinking. Um, the time period in the United States. Prohibition. Yes, there you go. We had that, and then now it's almost like a condensed version of that because we have different... Uh, it's almost like yeah. weed, It's almost like weed laws. Yeah. You know, weed is like in a prohibition type of stage right now, and it's like slowly coming out of it as more states legalize and stuff. So, sort of. Um, so because the, of their... I mean, they researched it in the, in the 1960s and 70s, mm-hmm. and they deemed it as a, you know, a substance that could not be consumed for reasons that I believe are more um, money-driven than So, any. that's a whole lot of stuff. So, the regional thing with the state thing, obviously, is similar to the alcohol stuff, yeah. right? Because, like, freaking 20 miles that way is Florida. Yeah. And, and they can, can smoke go, weed there. Go smoke weed, right? yeah. Which is, and not completely. They have, like, medical licenses and some recreational But laws. But I, I believe that soon Florida, will, within the next year Will so, completely decriminalize, yeah. right? Yeah. Probably. And There's so even will, places in Georgia. Yeah, in Atlanta. That, yeah. There's or places like to do that. New Orleans or mm-hmm. um, I even maybe want to say Macon now. Oh, really? Maybe. Wow, that's maybe. a big step. Yeah, Maybe. Which is crazy. It's crazy that we have state laws. Because cops in Macon really don't be worried about, about weed. Ooh, duh, because it's yeah. Macon. Come on. But <laughs> I see the similarities. And with the with the marijuana thing, so the, the my favorite part about this is, like, I am I obviously don't 
state employee, don't smoke or anything, right? Me too. But um, the uh, are you? I forget his name. God, Jesus. The dude, you know. So you're familiar with the similarities between marijuana and hemp? Yeah, right. yeah. Hemp is like legal to use for products that are more practical, like paper or yes. Um, so sometime in healthcare the, in products, the last, like skin products and stuff like that. Yes. Sometime in the last like hundred years, Tea. I forget, forget the guy's name. But there was a dude who was making basically paper production using hemp, and he had he had done a whole bunch of studies and found out like how seriously better for the environment paper is to be made out of hemp and a lot of paper and clothing and fabric products. Yeah, for sure. Because I mean, you're not literally fucking cutting down pine trees and shit to make paper that takes away from the oxygen. It reproduces faster and you can make more of it. It's way stronger. It's better for the environment. It's It's so much easier to grow weed than trees. You ever thought about that? Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So God, I'm going to have to edit in exactly this dude's name, but I forgot. But at some point the paper industry took out and used a whole bunch of money, ads, and all these studies and everything, and basically tore him to shreds and, and criminalized hemp and, and marijuana products. Yeah. They took the fact that they were so I'm similar. I'm sure in combination with the tobacco companies. Exactly. It hit them like a fucking train. It's just. the same thing. It's like people that do the vaping thing, which, by the way, vaping is not necessarily good for you, and if you don't smoke, you shouldn't do it. Dude, my brother, he has uh, epilepsy, and uh-huh. like... He was kind of vaping for a while, and it kind of fucked him up for a little bit. Yes. Yeah. um, I'm drawing another blank. PSA. (laughs) There you go. If you don't smoke, don't start vaping. If you do smoke and you need a way to help you, I do think that there's legitimate uses for for tobacco replacement products that can be better for you than smoking a pack of cigarettes a day. But I was one of those people when I was, you know, 18, 19 or something. I started vaping. Never smoked before. To this day, have not ever like regularly smoked cigarettes or anything. Mm-hmm. But I started, and that was a big deal for me. So I, I researched a lot about the industry and everything, and had this. You know, it was a whole big deal. Um, but it's the same way that like tobacco products will be taking down vaping industries because they're they're cutting into their profits. They cut into the you know they used marijuana as like a, this drug is bad to criminalize the hemp industry. And that's what seriously stunted the, the, the decriminalization of marijuana to this day. Right. Because they create a stigma around it. Right. So there's all these other companies, like my backpack is a Datsusara thing, uh-huh. which is yeah. one of these companies that uses like almost 100% hemp wow. blended products to, and they do um, jujitsu geese and backpacks, duffel bags, towels, clothing. Wow. Yeah. Hemp is way stronger. Way cheaper if made in a mass production setting. Uh-huh. It's way it's way longer lasting, especially if you blend it with like <coughs> cotton, right? Yeah. So blending it with cotton and use it and and having like a the correct like ratios and stuff, we could be like cutting a serious chunk out of environmental problems if we would just use that stuff like appropriately. Yeah, yeah. But it's yeah. it it's way looked upon. Like if I went and talked to some of my like you know family that's a different generation than me. Sure. It was like, oh yeah, I got this hemp backpack. They'd be like, what the fuck is wrong with you, you stoner? Yeah. Like they, they see them yeah. similarly. So it's... Even though they're completely not the same thing. They're not the same thing. They have a different... The plant is similar. The, the structure is similar. But like they should not be the same thing. Yeah. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't have... Because weed, weed is the actual bud that comes off the flower. Correct. And that is a totally different animal. Correct. Which is... Why I feel like there's a lot of controversy around CBD also because CBD is just dehydrated weed that has the THC taken out of it 
So, like, why don't you just release the damn thing, you know? Like, legally. Well, most, most places you can. At this point, we almost have it. I mean, I can go down the street right here in Valdosta and go get an eighth of CBD weed mm-hmm. that is supposed to help my body feel better, help my mind feel better, which it probably does. But when you're talking have about... Have you never done it? I have. Okay. But you're talking about somebody that's coming from... The real thing Mm -hmm. that I know that it makes my body feel better Mm -hmm. and I know that it makes my mind feel better and work in different ways. I don't want to say feel better mentally, but, but work differently. Um, it has, it has physical properties to it. Definitely. And, and for me, I felt like when I smoked CBD, it was like smoking nothing. Have you ever done CBD in a non-smoking form either? Like the gummies or the, so, yeah. Um, my thing with CBD, because I did part of my crazy October stuff last year, I bought um, like a big trial pack from one of these. Uh, I think it was Charlotte's Web or something. Um, not, I don't remember the company or whatever, but I bought a bunch of CBD gummies that were mixed with um, one set was like ginseng and one set was mixed with melatonin. And mm, one, you know, yeah. One was basically sleep, one was calm, and one was um, like muscle relaxation. Hmm. And I was doing different combinations of those to try. And I realized that over time, CBD usage is one of those things that made me, it really helped with the muscle relaxation. It really helped with the soreness from all the running I'm doing. Sure. And it made me sleep like completely differently. Hmm. But it only helped in like the long term. And the way that I varied right. my doses was like a big deal. Right. Right. If I just took like 10 milligrams, Eh, whatever. If I took 10 milligrams every day, I feel like the long-term effect was a little better. Mm -hmm. But if I was taking like 20 or 30, but spacing it out appropriately, that was like a big difference in in the way I felt and the way I slept. Yeah. Right. I know my brother, uh, my mom bought him some CBD gummies and mm -hmm. oils and stuff to help with his epilepsy. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, I've definitely been around that kind of stuff. Um, But even like, you know, edibles, like with THC in them, they... Does something completely different. It never right? really did anything right. for the me. The problem, though, is like with the CBD thing, it's legal. Yeah, it's super, it's 100% legal, right? For yeah. most places. Most places, doesn't yeah. pop on drug tests most places. Yeah, no, um, no. But the way that it's kind of come to the fore for most people is they see the, the optics of it is when I'm driving down, like driving down Ashley, there's that weird CBD store that looks like a shack that used to be a duplex. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? That's, that's the thing. That's super sketchy. That's and the most thing, people yeah. see that. That's advertising for the CBD community. They see that in our older generations, and they're like, oh, that's probably still weed. Yeah. I'm not going there. Exactly. That's, and I think that's the interesting thing about it is that, like, you'll see literal signs and stuff on the road or signs in front of a CBD store mm-hmm. or even in the windows with a pot leaf in it, you know? And yes. it's like, and it's like, as a stoner, you want to go in there and buy actual weed, you know, it's and different. it's not going to happen. And they I need feel to like they need to up. stop advertising yes. like that. Well, they feel like is it you have to, so there's it attracts business though because exactly. it does attract the stoners exactly. And it's like it's like I don't know, like I feel like you're pissing off the older generation and you're pissing off the stoners at that point. The same th- that's you know your I mean? marketing. You're marketing. To two different people at the same time, but wrongly. You're yeah. failing in everything. Yeah, yeah, Whether exactly. You should be... Exactly. Should, so, like, the difference... In, and there's also quality differences, too. Yeah. I could go online right now and go to CBDMD, which is, like, the big 
yeah. you know, marketer for CBD and get clean, great CBD that I can either get in gummies, I can get in droplets, so like just a little baby bottle, yeah. you know what I mean, and then just put it in my grits in the morning. People yeah. do that all the or time. Or you can get it in flour and smoke it. And you it. can get it in flour and yeah. smoke it, which has its own kind of deal. Yeah. People and don't... And it's way better than the flour that you can get like around here. Yeah. Where it's... people are like probably taking the weed that they get from somebody else and dehydrating it, taking the THC out, and then you get this like shitty crumbly like yes, it's oregano horrible. like i feel like i could put it in my fucking alfredo Dude. after it's over with like, are you are you familiar with carl hart yeah yeah oh really the yeah. doctor yes all right dude so this is my favorite thing about one of the things he talks about is like quality of product and why criminalization of drugs is actually hurting the people that use them and the community that doesn't use them yeah so he does heroin like every day. Yeah. <laughs> but he does that dude real heroin at real doses with medical professionals. Yes. And like it will t- will tout all the time like this is it's not good for him obviously, but he enjoys it and he does it safely and as long as you're not addicted to it, yeah. which it doesn't have the addictive qualities that people do it. By the way, don't do heroin, especially if you get it on the street. Don't do heroin, okay? No, I mean, no, no. But 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 I I have said this for years. I think that all drugs should be legal. Well, just move just, to Oregon. <laughs> just because, just be exactly, exactly. Just because of the simple fact of of one overpopulation in prison systems that that are really uncalled for. Because mm-hmm. I mean, I really do feel like the United States overlooks really serious crimes sometimes that is just kind of overlooked because there's overpopulation in jails. Yeah. Most likely because of the drug, uh, the war on drugs. Um, and secondly, I mean, it's just like, I, I feel like it's just like sex. If you're a consenting adult and you're over the age of 18 and you want to do something, there's nobody that's going to tell you that you can't do it. You're yes. going to find a way to do it. Yes. So if the drugs were legal, I feel like that honestly would make it less incentive to go out and try something like that. Yes, it you absolutely know? does. It's that it's that mysterious quality of it's somebody like, said I can't do it, so I have to go. Do yeah, it. it's almost like you go if say in like a in a in an alternate dimension, all drugs are legal everywhere. You're like a little kid, and you know you find a drug out in the wild or something, sure. and, and you do it. You know, in a small dose. Sure. And it fucks you up. Yeah. And you're like, oh my God, let's not do that anymore. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's better that way because yeah. you have the early on experience of not, you know, like uh, my parents let me drink when I was younger because it's kind of like a European thing where you let your kids have like a sip of wine with dinner. Oh, my So too. when yeah. I got to college, I was not like, oh my God, I got to go drink every night. Like I've been living in Valdosta for four years and I've never been to the bars here besides on Mulligan's wing night yeah. on Thursday. Dude, so, I, I get it. My parents too. I yeah. just I just think that if we just legalized everything, that it would be more of an incentive to just not go go out and do that. Because like, I, pers- I have a friend that his life has actually been ruined by drugs. Yes. Um, me, oh, me too, for sure. Yeah, yeah, like, he's in and out of the jail system now. He's homeless, and I know his mom still, like, and his mom and dad are really sweet people, and they've tried for years and years and years to get him back on track. Mm-hmm. And, like, I've hung out with him recently when he got out of jail just because he hit me up, and I was like, all right, yeah, I'll hang out with you. And, like, 
it was almost hard for me to sit there and hang out with him. And that's, really? and that's me saying that, you know? And I was just like, damn, bro, like, this is really hard. Like, because he used to be one of my really good friends in high school and stuff. And it was just like, I was sitting there and I was just sad because I was thinking about how, like, we were in the same grade. And, like, you know, at the time, like, I was like, okay, I got one semester of college left. Mm-hmm. And I'm planning on going to graduate school and stuff. And this, this dude has nothing. Oh, He's yeah, the same no, age no. as me, and he has no assets. He has no education. He has nothing, bro. And, like, he barely has family. And, like, that's the type of thing that really makes me think about, like, what if drugs really were legal? Like, what if it wasn't such a taboo and, like, people didn't get into them so hard, you know? And then, like, overall, the homelessness, the the uneducated, all that kind of stuff would go go down on the decline and that higher education and prosperity would be on the incline because of the less of taboo have you considered the retroactive part about it like so like tomorrow we everything's legal there's probably a period where everything goes to shit like immediately right right like a purgish thing with drugs that's dark but yeah um just go kill all the drugs so my thing is your nose there's, there's <laughs> like, okay, so the prison system is one thing. Tomorrow, everything's legal everywhere. What do we do with the people that are locked up with that, right? Sure, yeah. The answer to most people is like, let them go, right? That's, mm, that's like too simple. But that's not the answer. That's like when half the population comes back. After the snap. Thanos has snapped, oh my God. and everybody's freaking out. You said it. It's Thank the, you. It's the. It's the. Um, I've been saying this. It's so the segue. Long. It's the oh segue into the Marvel conversation. Yes. So, yeah. the, dude, the 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 Falcon and Winter Soldier gave me so many that that exact vibe. Yeah. Where I'm like, it's not. It's the same thing. Where it's like, it's. <sighs> I was the what is it the G, the GRC GNC global the GRC the the global repatriation council yes so the GRC <laughs> they're painted and I think that Marvel did a good job Disney whatever did a good job of painting the villains and the heroes in that movie were very like ambiguous mm-hmm. right were with Carly Morgenthau right yeah, yeah the girl that played uh, what's her name in Solo yes yeah. I think that they did a great job in the beginning of portraying her character. And I think that they really could have been a little bit more graceful. It was like episode three or four when she blew up that building and killed a bunch of innocent people. So here's the thing. Um, There are, the GRC also is painted in some ways as like the the evil part. Not the evil, the corrupt part, right? Right. It's the I, government. I mean, it's the government yeah. and the government in that, like, there's there's the obvious uh, parallel between, like, the rebel society and the government, which gives me, like, Star Wars vibes yeah, with the rebels yeah, and everything. Yeah. And it's like, the GR, the job of them has got to be impossible. Yeah. No, right? yeah, yeah. Because there's, no, there's yeah. no winners in the scenario when everybody comes back. It's like that later. scene. It's like that scene from the movie 2012 where they're all, like, all the global leaders are, like, in a room yes. together and they're like, oh, what do we do? And then the, the woman from India is like, oh, we can't do anything. The world's ending. Yes. It's like, yes. you know, <laughs> but it's, it's, the, it's the similar, it's, it's, it's like the train vibe where it's like somebody's going to lose in this scenario. Do we pull the track and save more or pull the lever and save more people? Yeah. Or do we do nothing and let, let 
you know, let, let natural selection happen, take its course, yeah. right? Like, what's the what's the plan? And I think that 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 was the plan the whole time was like Thanos was doing natural selection shit because you've heard about how Infinity War, Thanos like is the protagonist. Oh, and I love from it. the perspective of I a lot of people, so including much. me. It's his movie. Yeah, it's his movie. Yeah, for I love sure. It. So so he has seen worlds be devoured by starvation and uh, famine and stuff like that. And so he's trying to rid the universe of half of its burden, essentially. Ah, so yes. it's like, but, but half is enough also, you know, it's like, it's like if we take out half of life in the universe, then it's going to kind of reset the universe. So the problem though is, you know, the train dilemma. Right, where there's a train, there's people tied to the tracks. You can pull the lever and you it's right. like it's aimed at like six people. Right. But you can pull the lever and it can only kill one person, right? But the problem is with the Thanos thing is the natural selection side is to not pull the lever. Right. More people die, but you didn't have any hand in it. Or you pull the lever and less people die. Uh-huh. But the, the perception of the Thanos problem is that he is pulling the lever. By yeah. by snapping, he is actively yeah. participating in the death of people for what he sees as the life of more. Right. Exactly. But you can't know that train might derail itself immediately before it hits those people. Thanos is killing half the population of everything ever. Right. But what if what he sees is happening doesn't happen? Then he's the bad guy. Yeah. Well, right? it doesn't happen in the end. Exactly. Yeah. But it does with the snap. You know what I mean? Marvel gave us the unique, and not Disney. Disney let us see it, but Marvel the comics. Oh yeah, gave us the unique possibility to see what happens if it does happen. So yeah. the snap in five years. Mm-hmm. What happens if it doesn't happen? But so the snap after. Mm-hmm. But then also the in between of like, yeah, okay, people were gone and now people are back, and the people that are living in your old house are not the problem. Yeah, exa- Cause they, exactly. Because it's not their fault. Exactly. But yeah. you also got people in that world who were like knocking down doors and being like, "Get out of my house!" And yeah. It's like, so it was interesting, like when WandaVision portrayed that when Monica Rambo was in the the hospital and like yes. all those people just started coming back yes. into the world. Like, could you imagine? Like, no, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, could you imagine just like chilling and then just like popping back up? Like you're just like chilling in the quantum realm, or even like they they say that the people that got dusted were dead, and that uh, like Scott Lang, Ant Man, was in the quantum realm. That's like a different thing. Yeah, um, which makes sense if you understand quantum physics yeah. to a tiny bit. Which I think that the new Ant Man movie is gonna explain that more because, Probably. and they're also like, um, this, this is kind of different, but like with the new series Loki that's coming out, mm-hmm. yeah, like with wait. the TVA mm-hmm. um, about like, so in the comics, Kane the Conqueror was a huge like antagonist of tva mm-hmm. and like you know there's like kang prime which is like it's like the ultimate kang where he's like the he's like basically like the holder of worlds like of time mm-hmm. and um he lives in this city that he's built for himself i believe it's called like uh Chromopolis or something like that it's like it's like a city that literally floats Okay. In, the, in the quantum realm. <laughs> so and, like that Zelda game. And um, yeah. And so 
I think that in the new Ant-Man and the Wasp movie that Kang could potentially be the main antagonist and that he's going to be introduced as one of the three time gods in the Loki series. Okay. Because yeah. he was one he's his statue is theorized to be one of the three um, big statues of the time gods in the TVA, like main room in the trailer. Okay. Like the middle one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in one of the other trailers, there's like, I forget her name, but it's actually Kang's love interest is in the show. Okay. And she's like centered, like right in the middle of his lips of his statue. Nice. So it's interesting, like the symbolism there and how like, Something that I think is interesting about Marvel right now is that, like, it's kind of the same way I feel about Star Wars, except Star Wars, mm. I feel a little better about it because Star Wars had a really shitty time period for a while. Like, for the last, like, I want to say, like, eight years with the exception of Clone Wars Season 7 and The Mandalorian, Rogue One, and Solo. Those are okay, but the trilogy, the thing that they try to continue on from the prequels, from the from the beloved, the sequels. Okay, seven, eight, and nine. Yeah, yeah, just making sure. So but the prequels were also shitty. Different discussion. They can talk about the sequels. They're not shitty. They're just bad, bad, uh, bad writing. I believe that. Fair enough. But talk the, about the sequels. but the story, the continuity of the prequels is so much better than. The, the, the Disney trilogy. I agree with that. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so, the problem with the sequels is is that it made original trilogy and prequel fans alike mm -hmm. basically hate the franchise for a while. Until they came out with Rogue One and it was like, whoa, that's a really good movie. Let's see what else Disney can do. So now, Star Wars in the Disney realm is kind of on the up because they got like the Bad Batch coming out and they had the Mandalorian, which was awesome. And they got all these new announcements coming out um, for Star Wars that I think Disney's trying to use as a way to redeem themselves. Yeah. Whereas you have Marvel on the other side of the spectrum, which is doing a similar thing with Disney. They have all these announcements for mm -hmm. all these cool things, but nothing that they've really released in the past sucks that bad. You know what I mean? Like all of the MCU movies are pretty good. They're okay. Like with varying degrees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm saying like you've never you've never seen a, an MCU movie. And been like, I hate that so much. You know what I mean? It's, I've been close. Maybe with Hulk and Iron Man 3. So here's the thing. Hulk, <laughs> Hulk is the, is the, the, the redheaded stepchild, Hulk... and it's because of the actor change. Exactly. That's and, the problem. And the it. thing is, the Hulk was originally supposed to be part of the timeline. It is. It is. Yeah. It's part of the MCU multiverse that it they've is. created. The only thing that really gives that movie its like true continuity is Thaddeus Ross. Yes. Because he's still in the MCU. Yes. And... Um, so the and the multiple gamma, problems. The I, original gamma radiation that he endured is still yes continued in the story even to Endgame. That's my point. Yeah, Marvel did a good the 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 difference between Marvel and Star Wars, in my opinion, is Marvel is now what twenty four movies deep in this timeline, yeah. something like that. Unless you yeah you count shows and stuff as part of the timeline too. No, that's movies. I'm saying though, but counting yeah, well, all it that, all fits, right? It's about the same amount of content if you really think about it, because Star Wars. I think Marvel's has, more. Star Wars has eleven movies, mm -hmm. really twelve if you count the Clone Wars animated movie. Sure, and it has the 
the 2003 2D animated Clone Wars series, which sure. in all is two hours long. Sure. Um, and then you have the the Dave Filoni Clone Wars, which sure. is like the most beloved Star Wars ever. Sure. Then you have Star Wars Rebels. Sure. And Resistance, which sucks, but it's part of the story. And then you have the new stuff, the Mandalorian, sure. the Bad Batch, all that. And the stuff that's coming now, Kenobi, uh, Ahsoka, all that stuff, which is foreseen to be part of the story. There's um, definitely more Marvel stuff. There is, but Twice I Twice as many movies, and you're forgetting um, like Daredevil, Jessica Jones, eight, se- seven seasons but, of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. But see, none of that is canon. No, it is, though. No, it's not. Right, Kevin it's part Feige, of the multiverse. Kevin Feige says, "Well, it could, it could possibly be part of the multiverse, but right now, it's not canon." I Iron Heart, I thought it was. or Iron Fist, uh, Punisher, Daredevil, all that stuff is not canon right now. Even Deadpool's not canon. Agents of Shield? Nope. So what does, it does has Winter some... Soldier and and WandaVision count? Yes. Okay, so that's Those the only two are outside the of movies. First, those are the first MCU shows that are actually considered canon. None of the animated shows and none of the Netflix Marvel shows that have come out in the past. So that means Iron Fist, okay. Punisher, Daredevil, Agents of Shield, and um, there's I'm Jessica missing. Jones. Yeah, I think I think that's all of them. And then, I think then, that's all. And of then them. Deadpool. And then Deadpool. None of that. Deadpool's stu- the weird one. Yeah. None of that stuff is technically Marvel canon, even though all of or MCU canon, even though all of it is technically Marvel canon from the comics. So, I knew that. So yeah, the, the the we should make the distinction. Marvel and MCU are different they right are. now. They are. But my point with is the that, multiverse of madness movie and even like the Loki series and stuff, though, I do think that it'll change. Even like because you you heard the rumors about like the new Spider Man MCU movie, No Way Home, mm-hmm. is casted Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield. In. I, yeah, I know. God, I you know. I, so I, the Spider Verse, the Sp- no, no, no. Don't be upset. No, I, are you not? No, I'm no. afraid it's gonna. Uh, so here's the thing. No, the Spider Verse, bro. They they casted Jamie Foxx Electrode in that. Yeah, they yeah, casted yeah. Doc Ock in that. So it's like the really? spider. Yes, the Spider Verse is about to be a thing in the MCU, which was already portrayed in Into the Spider Verse, that animated movie that was so good with Miles Morales. Yes. So here's my thing. I think I think that all of the. So my original point is that the MCU did continuity better than Star Wars, and it's because it planned. Definitely. It planned a decade ahead. Definitely. Right? They made Iron Man 1, and they were thinking about Infinity War, and they said, we're not losing any actors. They lost, what, Edward Norton and the dude who played um, Rhodey in the first Iron Man. Yeah. What other actors has MCU lost, changed, done? Nothing. Nothing. They were like, Robert Downey Jr., you got a decade. We're going to chain you to the table if we have to. Luckily, he wanted to continue. You know what I mean? Right, right. But all of them did. My point, though, is that all of this funnels into one movie – and if they fuck it up, it's ruined. Yeah, multiverse of madness. Yeah. has got to be. It's got to be. It's got to be. Doesn't good. have to tie everything together. Doesn't have to do a perfect job. But it must explain the rules. Okay, so I have a, I have a, I have something to say about that. But first, I just want to finish this. So, I agree with you. Marvel planned ten years ahead. George Lucas planned. Almost 40 years ahead. Yeah, but they but fucked him. But the problem him. is, is that Disney fucked him. So this is my thing. And this is kind of, this is kind of um, segueing into what you were just talking about, how Multiverse of Madness needs to be essentially the perfect movie. It better be. So, so listen. 
Remember what I was saying about Disney fucked fucked Star Wars. Yes. Okay. We so, all know that. So, I think that now that Disney has royally fucked up its fan base, everything that Disney releases for Star Wars is going to be great now because The Mandalorian was fantastic, and The Bad Batch, the first two episodes that have come out, are fantastic. I mean, it is literally Clone Wars Season 8. Mm-hmm. They got, they still got Grand Admiral Yorarin, uh narrating. It's the same animation style. They've already name-dropped Obi-Wan, Anakin, Rex, all that shit. Bro. Yeah. Like, it is continuity to a T. Good. Um, and I think that the... Con- I think that everything that Disney is about to put out for Star Wars, the Acolyte, that show that's potentially going to be um, exploring the Old Republic times. Yes. Uh, and Revan and stuff. Yeah, I um, saw that one. Ahsoka, her live action show with Rosie, o- Rosie O'Dawson. Um, Rosie O'Donnell? No, the the actress's name is Rose, Rosie O'Dawson. Okay, I need to check up on that one. That plays Ahsoka in live action. Okay. Um who else? Um, the Acolyte, Ahsoka, the Kenobi series that's about to come out. That's only going to be six episodes, so it's essentially going to be two movies. Yes. Um, I actually There's a lot of Star Wars stuff that's about to come out, and I think that everything – the Cassian Andor show is like going to be kind of like a prequel to Rogue One, mm-hmm. kind of. I think that everything that they produce for Star Wars now is going to be – fucking amazing I think and that is be. because and, and, and exactly because it has to be so here's the problem though and it's not with star wars this is the flip side okay Listening. marvel on the other hand has all of this good shit that's about to come out good mm-hmm. shit okay and wandavision and falcon winter soldier i love them okay trust me i have little complaints i but have some complaints about me those too. shows me too my of main course. complaint with WandaVision was that there was no Mephisto, and my uh, my main complaint with Falcon and Winter Soldier was that there was like a lot of overdub- overdubbing with a lot of the scenes with the Flag Smashers, which is something I wanted to tell you about earlier. There's this um, the producer of that show, he revealed in an interview that that plot of that show changed drastically because of COVID-19 because the original plot of the Falcon Winter Soldier was supposed to be kind of like a virus type of thing that originated in Madripoor, which was an Asian country. So Disney was like, no, let's not do that because COVID-19 and the rumors about China and shit like that. And because China is one of the major consumers of their content and they can seriously get fucked in the profit line. Exactly. So they changed it. So now they shot all these scenes. um, But you notice if you go back and watch that show, when there's Flag Smasher scenes, Mm -hmm. a lot of time the people that are talking are not on camera. They're overdubbing it. And they're showing something else on camera while, like, Carly is talking about something else. I'm going to have to go check that then. Because okay. because there, the, the, the major giveaway for it is that actress, um, they have a major actress in that show that has zero speaking lines. Um, the actress that played Mama Donya, the yes. Falcone. I noticed that. Bro. She is a major actress. I noticed Big that. Big money actress, zero lines, and I think it's because she died from a virus that they kind of put off as tuberculosis when they were talking to Dr. Nagel, 
But it was actually something different because you got to think in the first episode when Bucky got on that truck, uh-huh. there was vaccines that we never heard anything else about. Those vaccines were never brought up again. In I got to go check this whole thing. Yeah, you're right. I, so, did, I thought about that as an actress. I was like, I feel like she cost more than they really. Exactly. To have point. her laying yeah, yeah. here dead. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, I mean, you can see it felt to me like it was supposed to be a cameo. Exactly. As yeah. part of like motivation for Carly. Yeah. Which they did. Obviously, they covered it up well. Yeah. Right? Because no, I yeah. didn't fucking think anything yeah. about the it. The only reason why I know about this is because I watch podcasts about it. Well, fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. I, I, I like that they changed it. Shout out to new rock stars. Fair enough. <laughs> I like that they changed it. Or they, they had. I don't like that they changed it. I like that they were at least trying to not upset anyone necessarily but i think that based on the way you're saying it they might have overdone it just a little bit yeah i definitely think i I definitely think that it wouldn't have been a that big of a deal if there would have been a virus in the show maybe the origination of it in madripoor an asian country would have caused some problems but i don't think that actually like having a global virus break out because half the population came back and it because of overpopulation and stuff people got sick I don't think that that would have been all that bad to keep in there during the pandemic. No, probably not. I mean, it's it wouldn't be. There's other stuff that's done similar. You know, we've had similar issues. Yeah. So I mean, with, with other other movies and books, yeah, I've yeah, read that yeah. just kind of happens. It's not like an unreasonable topic of discussion. You right. know what I mean? For like, okay, there's a virus outbreak. I mean, come on, we have video yeah. games about that. I but, feel like people are like, like. I don't know if it's just like every new show and movie that was supposed to come out this year was plotted in a virus. Uh, but like, I more. really don't feel like all this production should have stopped necessarily. It should have just maybe been slowed down a little bit and kind of rethought as far as like distancing and stuff is concerned, depending on what side of the spectrum of COVID you're on. Sure. But if you're talking about just a general. Let's make sure everybody is okay on set so that we can continue. It should have slowed down a little bit, but I don't really think that the... Like, for example, the Kenobi series got pushed back an entire year because of COVID. Yeah. And it's like, that show is only supposed to be six episodes long. Yeah. You know? So why we got to wait an entire year for the show to come out when there's shows like um, the Showtime show, Shameless, Mm -hmm. that's that just finished its 11th season, which is its final season Yeah. during COVID. Yeah. And they just implemented COVID into the show. Now I, I do understand that trying to implement COVID regulations into a show like shameless, which is more reality earthbound based is a lot easier than trying to put masks on Bucky and Sam Wilson in the MCU. But still, you know, you gotta you gotta yeah. pick your pick and choose your battles here. Yeah, you have to pick your battles is a big deal. I I obviously think that safety should have been considered the same way it was with everything else. I mean there was I think that the months of like March to like June of last year, obviously. Yeah, let's maybe talk about canceling some stuff and figuring it out. Yeah. After that you know, there was a lot of people who found ways to integrate it. There was a lot of people who found ways to continue shooting, continue doing school, continue doing whatever it was. Exactly, yeah. Um, my problem is not necessarily with that. Because, like the, like, the NBA did the bubble thing. 
you know, that worked out, I guess, for the most part. And you got to consider that all, but you have to obviously consider those are like some of the healthiest individuals on the planet. Right. Right. With the shooting thing, <laughs> do whatever you want to do. I don't care. You know, maybe try and make everybody safe and don't cause a, an outbreak for the city huge, right? But you do whatever you got to do. My problem is the release of products like this where they change the plot line mm-hmm. or where they don't give me my Black Widow movie for like a year, yeah, right? Yeah, so exactly. stuff like that yeah. is just like... Because the Black Widow movie was supposed to come out first. It's supposed before, to be done. Yeah, it was... No, that shit was supposed to come out before WandaVision and Falcon yes. Winter Soldier... Was supposed to be like number five in the queue. I yes, feel like exactly, and so, I feel like they messed up the timeline. There's probably I'm not saying a whole lot, but there's probably some stuff in Black Widow which is kind of important. You know what I mean for yeah. for the, the the this content is meant to be. This goes back to the continuity thing. This content is meant to be consumed in order. Yeah, of exactly. its release. So 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 that brings me to my point that I was saying. Mm-hmm. So you got like I'm taking it way back. Go. five minutes. You got Star Wars mm-hmm. that is going to be releasing everything now on purpose so that they can get their fan base Correct. back up. Then you got Marvel that, like we discussed earlier, doesn't have a lot of bad movies. The movies that are kind of bad still aren't as bad as like The Last Jedi. Yeah. Okay, let's be honest. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. I agree with that. And, and because of that, and because of this whole reordering thing that the mm-hmm. MCU has done, I kind of feel like they might mess up now. So my, You know what I mean? I agree, and I think I have a reason for it. And I don't want them to because the stuff that they've released has been good. And like I said, I, don't, I have like one complaint about each show that's come out. Because trust me, like I loved... Agatha Harkness and WandaVision. Oh, I loved she did that so whole good. plot line, bro. Yes. I loved the fact that they brought Julia Louise Dreyfus into fucking Falcon and Winter Soldier, bro. I was so impressed when that happened. But it. but like each one of those shows has its quirks, just like every show. So I think that it's especially gonna start showing when the new movies start coming out, like Eternals. That movie that's supposed to come out about these... They god, better not fuck it up. These godlike figures that are supposedly had been put on Earth 7,000 plus years ago to protect mm-hmm. Earth, yet were nowhere to be found during Infinity War and Endgame. Yes. So, why is that? You know what I mean? It, and I saw something about like maybe they were like getting ready to go help in Infinity War and then Thanos snapped and... They all got dusted. So the odds of that happening are what? But that's the thing. So I recently saw that, and I don't know how accurate this is, but I I saw something that said that Thanos could have potentially done a focused snap. So it's I like, have thought about this. So it's like he focused enough to wipe out the people that he knew could come and get him, i.e. Cersei. Gilgamesh, all those Eternals that that are being advertised now as like these really powerful godlike figures that just like live amongst the humans and protect this realm. Mm-hmm. But it's like I I don't know about that movie coming out. Like I I really like you said. I really hope they don't fuck it up because it's like why isn't Thor an Eternal? You know what I mean? Why you know why why why, why isn't why isn't Hela an Eternal? I agree. You know, like I just don't really if they're based off of mythological um gods and goddesses like um Circe and Athena mm-hmm. those are Greek you know yeah. 
Um, uh, and wait, then there, exactly. And then Icarus, that's Greek. Gilgamesh is Mesopotamian. Like those. And are, Thor is what? Thor is Norse. Yeah, that's right, Norse. So, yeah. so why is he exactly. not an eternal? Why isn't he considered an eternal? You know. So, so why me, isn't Loki considered an eternal? That's another good question. Let me lay out. Let me lay out a plot line for you. All right. So. Disney and Disney owns both Star Wars and Marvel, right? Uh-huh. So, but Disney obtained Star Wars and started. Disney obtained Star Wars kind of like in the retro, where they had already made a, a New Hope came out in like eighty four or something. New Hope came out in seventy seven. Seventy. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Right. So like a <laughs> long time ago. Okay. Neither of us were even thought of. <laughs> Disney obtained Star Wars in the retro, and I think I think that they learned their lesson. The hard way with Star Wars, yeah, and that the MCU is them actually doing a better job. So they took the Star Wars. They're like, okay, these are a hit. We take this and we expand upon it. Yeah, and that's what happened. They had their dark period because they were focusing too much on expansion of the universe and trying to create their profits by. You got to think about movie seven has how many actors from the in any of the original six movies? It's got it's got Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher. Yeah, and, and both of them ended. It lasted how many movies after that? Yeah, and that's and that's exactly. it. And Chewbacca, but exactly. I mean, you well, know, come on. yeah, right. So, <laughs> so no, they fun, learned their lesson fact, the C3, hard way. C three PO and R two D two are the only two characters to be in all nine films. But they don't need. That's not actors, right? So yeah, go ahead with that while I'm talking about this. Well, uh, Anthony Daniels does voice. Yes, but um, that's it, that's C3 an easier C3. contract than an acting contract. Is my point, right? Yeah. So. They learn their lesson the hard way, and they feel like they have to do a good job with the Star Wars movies, or else they're going to lose their fan base. Exactly, which I agree because most of their fan base is older. Yes, and most of the MCU fan base is like our, our age. age. Right. So it's like it's like yeah, you're right. Disney is trying to trying to fix their fuck ups. Yeah, Disney is trying. Disney got star the rights to Star Wars and was like, oh, we should make this modern. But the thing that they didn't realize is that damn um, close enough for government work. <laughs> that was so particular. Nice and slow. So the thing about Star Wars fan base is that I think that most of the Star Wars fans out there that are our age are are old souls when it comes to Star Wars because that's kind of sure. how you have to be. For sure, yeah. When when you're a Star Wars fan, you can't be Star Wars is not like Marvel where it just has like a bunch of like little like comedic spurts here and there, you know, where it's like, oh, Thor, that was hilarious, you know. Yeah. All the Marvel movies really have moments like that, especially the ones, especially the ones with Star Robert Downey Jr. in it. You know, he is a he's a comedic genius. Mm-hmm. He's not a he's not a comedian per se, no, but he's, he's one of those actors that can very easily like act like a comedian. I love set. watching those videos who are like, "This wasn't in the script." Yeah, <laughs> he does yeah. a great job of it. So I agree. The fact that the Marvel Universe is our generation, by the way, I like that. Yeah, I love this stuff, man. Right. Is yeah, very important. What is the difference in between their generation and our generation, especially the way the content has been like promoted, is the MCU people are loyal. Mm-hmm. Very loyal. If you watch the movies and you liked it, mm-hmm. you're watching WandaVision. I don't give a fuck how good it is, right? Yeah, exactly. So they feel like there's but less But that's how pressure. I am with Star Wars, too, you know? But there's less Even people like you. Even if it's shitty, bro. Like, I still like went you. to the theaters and saw all three of those movies. But you you demand 
and the, and the people that are on the fringe. You're a very serious Star Wars fan. There are less of those. Yeah. There are more people that are on the fringe of Star Wars, and they like it or they don't like I it. I just feel like being a serious fan of anything is more common these days than when Star Wars first came out. But I think it's because you know of the I mean? MCU that that's a thing. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's or like culty shows like. Like Stranger American Things Story. or American Horror Story. Yes. Stranger Things is a great example because it's a Netflix original. And it was really, mm-hmm. if you think about it, it was one of the first Netflix originals. It was, yes. That was and, a long time ago. That was like five years ago. And it's about to come out with its fourth season. And it is very popular to the point where Funko has started making figures mm-hmm. and stuff. And, you know, shit like that. Like, it is culty. That's the right word. Bro, like, yes. And, like, I feel like Star Wars is culty. Marvel is very culty also. So it's just like, I feel like it's just really easy to to get involved in stuff like that nowadays. And like back in the day when Star Wars was released, it was more of like, whoa, we never thought. It's like when 2001 Space Odyssey came out. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Whoa, like this is really innovative. Correct. You know yes. what I'm saying? But there's no pressure, right? Because it's about volume, right? So when Star Wars originally came out, there's a movie, just a movie. Every like, I mean, what? That whole it was like seven years for the trilogy, right? Yep. Marvel puts out a new movie every three months, and then now they're putting TV shows in between the middle pre-COVID. Obviously, yeah. they're putting TV shows in the middle of them too. There's no pressure for everything they put out for Marvel to be good. That's my point. Right now, they're kind of figuring it out, like with the Star Wars, and that's thing. why I think that they're going to fuck up. Because that's I think, exactly. I think that Marvel is getting into that comfort zone where they think everything that they're putting out is good, and yeah. it is. And it's like, but it's not as good as it could be. But then they're gonna try, they're gonna try weird shit like the What If series that's gonna come out, where yes. it's gonna like show like alternate realities of, and it's gonna be canon. The Avengers and stuff, and it's gonna be like, mm. and it's gonna be canon. Like that zombie. Have you seen that zombie Avengers thing? Yes. Yeah, and it's I'm like, not gonna. Like it's like it. I don't know about that, you know, or like that thing where like Peggy Carter becomes. Uh, yes, Miss Britain. That's like that's weird. something. That's something that is weird, but it's like more accessible than the zombie Avengers thing. I feel I like because really then you're like trying to like cross over Marvel and like Brad Pitt's World War Z, and it's just like I just want them to have the. I want them to treat it the way I feel like they're treating. So with the Mandalorian. And a lot of the Star Wars content coming out post, like, Episode Eight, right? Mm-hmm. It's good. Yeah. Most of it's good. A large majority of it's really good. Yeah. And they're... Because they realize that they're kind of on the edge with their fans. Rise like, of you Skywalker. put out another shitty movie. Yeah. <laughs> Rise of Skywalker was pretty shitty, too. But I, I, I personally, like, as a hardcore fan, I feel like Rise of Skywalker, which is the ninth film, yeah. the final film of the saga... I felt like that was the best um, movie from the sequel trilogy from 7, 8, and 9 as far as, like, fan service and just... Um, fan service is another thing. Mainly fan service. And, and, and I like the content of that movie the most. Because, yeah. I mean, I don't really like The Force Awakens that much. I've talked to Jess a lot um, about how he thinks that the best scene out of all of Star Wars... Ever is the scene like is the scene where Kylo Ren kills Han Solo. And, Why? And I, Why, I Jess, that, if you watch this, we're gonna talk about bro, this. bro. Why? And see, that's the thing. That's the thing. Jess is like probably a bigger Star Wars fan than me. I don't like admitting no offense, that. No offense, but yeah, probably. I don't like admitting that, but 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 it's true. Yeah. 
But for him to tell me that, I was so taken aback. I was just like, like, no way, you know? Like, my favorite scene of all of Star Wars is probably when Yoda and Sidious fucking fight it out in the Senate room or some shit. I could, like, I could see that. I'm not sure what my um, favorite. I'd have to go back and... Obviously, or, or, obviously, I haven't watched all the movies, by the way. Just letting you know. Really? Yeah, no. I quit after episode seven. Which I know you're upset. Jess is no, upset no, no, too. No, 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 no. I have not watched I mean, the Mandalorian. I have not really? watched. I know. Wow. I know. So here's my thing. Here's my here's my thing on that. I am one of those fans. I love. I could. T- I have watched episode one through six or four through three is the correct way, right? Right. Um. So m- more time. Like it, before, I was twelve. I had watched those movies more than I've watched the MCU movies to date mm-hmm. because I used to go sleep I, me too I used to go like sleep over at my grandma's house like on the, every other weekend like mom can I go to Mimi's house and she would make we'd, she'd make cookies it'd be white chocolate macadamia nut cookies and we'd sit there like two nights in a row and we'd watch either one of the Star Wars movies or one of the Lord of the Rings movies or one of the Harry Potter movies and I've watched all of those movies with Lord of the Rings is like a small exception I've probably watched Fellowship the same amount less of the last two right yeah. but I've watched I all like those movies more times than you could possibly imagine. Yeah. And I loved them. Yeah. I even loved episode three, even though the writing was shitty, but when that came out when I was like 12... You, I mean, mean, I, you mean Attack of the Clones, episode two? No. Uh, episode three. What's it called? Revenge of the Sith? Yeah, yeah. You, lo- you, you think that's a bad movie? It came out when I was 12. I thought it was a great movie. Bro, that movie's so good, even as still a 24-year-old. I still think the movie's good, but I think the writing is cheesy in some spots. <sighs> yeah... You know my point, right? Yeah. But I, I actually, to, to small aside, I think the best scene is when he says, "I have the high ground." But that's another discussion. <laughs> well, well, yeah, that's that's like or the hello there scene. Hello that, there. That might yeah, be that great. might be my favorite that's scene. Of anyway, but as a fan, I hated the continuity of Episode Seven. We got this giant gap, yeah. and then you got like a couple actors. They're both dead, yeah. right? I and and it felt like a lot of the way that people talk about how four through or one through three was a a reclaim of four through six and they just kind of screwed some stuff, which is right and wrong in some ways. Episode seven was a new hope. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. No, I watched was. that and I was like, that was a waste of money. I'm yeah. so pissed it off. I just stopped hope. everything completely. Yeah. And I know the Mandalorian is good, but I don't like the dark spots in the series where it's like, yeah, we don't really we don't really like that one. But see, that's the thing. The Mandalorian kind of fills in those dark spots you're talking about because it's that time period between the Mandalorian is happening between episode six. No, not dark spots and plot. Oh no. Just the fact that we don't watch that movie. Like if I have to go, so right here's my problem. I love the concept of doing a movie marathon of the MCU series. I want to find, and I can't, but I want to find three days in my life sometime in the next year. Right. And just tell no one I'm doing nothing and sit on the couch and watch every MCU movie in a row. I can. You should. And I, I want to. And I've tried to do it multiple times before. Um, maybe not marathon, but try and do them like watch a movie like a night or like every other night. There's a problem with watching the MCU uh, movies, especially in chronological order. Uh-huh. Which is a big because you know they came out. Yeah, you have release order and yeah. then you have chronological. Chronological order, order being yeah. uh, like Captain America, Captain Marvel, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. The first Avenger and then Captain Marvel. Yeah. There's the problem. Captain Marvel is not a good movie. It's all right. 
It's an okay movie. It's not a good movie. I like the I like the uh, villain in that movie, Young, the, Young Cog or whatever his name is. Yes. The reason that I like the MCU still is that I can still get behind most of the movies. Like It's like a 5 out of 10, right? I still like them all. Yeah. I don't love watching Captain Marvel. I, I hate the fact that I have to watch it again every time I watch it. I'm like, I have to <laughs> watch this movie again. That's why I can't yeah. get through the damn series. Yeah. I watched Captain America the first time. That's kind of how I feel I about it. I am um, so hyped. Yeah. And then I get to Captain Marvel. I'm like, God, Jesus. Yeah. You know? That's kind of how I feel about, um, um, what's it called? God, I hate it so much. Uh, Thor: The Dark World. Oh, that's another problem. I don't really like right? that movie that much. Thor: The Dark World, yeah. Captain, Mar- uh, Captain Marvel, Thor: The Dark World, the original Hulk, mo- the Edward Norton Hulk, right? And then like a couple other weird spots. And then Iron Man Three is weird. It's cool, but it's and then weird. Uh, Iron Man Three is weird. I like Iron Man Three, but that's I'm a I'm a, a minority <laughs> in that, right? And then to a de- I'm gonna get so much shit for it. To a degree, in game. Yeah, but that's because Endgame is not a rewatchable movie. I I can't watch Endgame every month. It's I have to watch like, Endgame every two years. It's almost it's, like the. It's almost like, like. I don't want to say it, but it's almost like Justice League, where it's like you know, like the whole movie is fan service. Yeah, yeah, and it's like they released the Snyder Cut, which is like yeah, fan. It's four hours of fan service mm-hmm. to make up for the fact that. The original Justice League movie that came out in 2017 was so shitty. I know. See, my pro. See, here's here's the end game problem, right? I watched it. I cried. I don't care for sure, Bro, dude. The whole the whole Bro, last 30 ordered, minutes. You're I gonna cried. hate me for this, but Go ahead. Here, let me pull it up. I just ordered a fifty dollar Funko Pop figure. I love it. Of 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 Iron Man. With the gauntlet no. snapping. And I love it. It's it's glow in the dark. I'm waiting hard it. to get here, bro. My God. So Let me I pull it up here. Dude, all I'm saying is I watched that movie in the theaters on release night. I had a percussion ensemble concert that night for my student teaching thing. I got done and I sped as fast as I could. Booked it. Yeah, booked it, dude. And when he when that hammer started moving, and he comes Oh my God. I have never heard Oh, that's a perfect Funko Pop. I like the way his arm is, too. It's perfect from the movie. I might have to get me one of them. <laughs> I love it. Um, Dude, no, nothing in my life has ever... That felt so good. Yeah. But that's because I grew up yeah. watching Iron Man, right? I grew up with those movies, and I let, they, let, they flourished in me as a young adult. And I watched all of them with my friends mm-hmm. when I was in college, when I was in high school. Well, it was my a big deal. And, and that yeah. came out at the end of my... I had the perfect timing. That came out after the last concert of my student teaching at the end of my undergraduate degree. So you're yeah. talking from 2008 when I was in like sixth grade, right? To 22 years old, Yeah. right? That was the perfect time for me to be doing that. Yeah. That sure. You couldn't have asked for anything better. Yeah. But at the same time, if I have to rewatch that movie... I'm still going to cry for the last 30 minutes, but I'm going to spend the first hour and a half being like, that was a little fan servicey. That was a little fan servicey. And I'm even more upset. <laughs> My problem is not that that movie was bad. The movie's great. It's still a great movie. I yeah. don't care. It's still a great movie. The problem is that Infinity War is the best movie. Yeah, that's a really good movie. Infinity War is a really good movie. Yeah. Like, the one of the only Marvel movies I ever, I think ever, should have been nominated for an award like should have gotten an Oscar, right, and didn't. Yeah. Just for just for the fact that it's just for the fact of the way that Thanos is used. Yeah. Right. And it's not even about the movie being so great, and that's the problem is you don't give awards for 
series yeah. awards for movies, but the the build up, the 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 like twenty movie build up to Infinity War. Yeah, no, and it's the way great. that Thanos is used as a protagonist is beautiful. It's great, and then like even down to things like bro, like um, like you got Red Skull yes. in that movie, yes. and he was oh like my God. in, in yes. chronological order, he was the first. Villain, yes, in the MCU, and it wasn't fan servicey. It wasn't pushed. No, nobody was expecting that. It wasn't pushed. <laughs> that's, nobody that's was my expecting favorite that. Part is when he Infinity came War out dinner. on Vormir, he was just like, "Yo, like I'm the protector of the Soul Stone," and he's like, knows everybody and who their parents are and shit. And it's mm-hmm. badass. It's like it wasn't he went pushed. from being this like Nazi prick to being like this. I don't want to say the one above all because that actually is a Marvel character. That I think they might put into um, Loki. Yes, he but, felt like a throwaway character at the end of Iron Man One. Definitely, he felt no, like at the end of Captain America. Sorry, yeah, yeah sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, he felt like a throwaway character, and then we—he actually gets used later in the series yeah. with reason, like with good reason. Yeah, and he's like an example. He's like, well, this is what the Infinity Stones do. Like, I had the Infinity Stone. I had the Space Stone, the Tesseract, and I abused it, misused mm-hmm. it, and it fucking sent me on this planet where I have to give up my soul to protect this other Infinity Stone. Like, these rocks are super fucking powerful, and you guys don't need to be taking them for granted. But then he's like, at the same time, I understand that you need to beat Thanos, so one of you is going to have to sacrifice yourself. He has a purpose. Yeah. And he did it well. And that's what Endgame didn't do. Yeah. Endgame had so much fan service. There were moments in it that were a little bit Thor ragnarok which yeah. I feel like was not the movie for that. Thor Ragnarok is a fantastic movie. Yeah. And it's all comedy. It's yeah. a comedy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But the Jeff Endgame, Goldblum and all that. Endgame great. was yeah. like a little bit, it wasn't the place for comedy. Yeah. Right? It, yeah. wasn't, it wasn't that spot. It's so. like, I felt like Endgame's equivalent was like, <laughs> Say it. You ready for this? Endgame's equivalent was Harry Potter and Deathly Owls Part Two. Yes. Because and and listen to this. All right. Are you big Harry Potter too? Huge. Dude, Huge we Harry can talk Potter. about that movie forever because I have so many problems with that movie. It's not even fucking funny. Oh man, that's my a, favorite. I have one big one. That's my favorite Harry Potter. I have movie. one big one. That's my then, favorite Harry Potter movie. Are you serious? Yes, because why? Because. There's so many. Uh, I don't the know problem, I don't the problem with the Harry Potter movies for me, is that my entire life, starting in like second grade, I remember like I started reading the Harry Potter books before Deathly Hallows even came out. It was just the six. Me too. Me too. Right. I started so, reading them before. Before the sixth book came out, I really, remember when the sixth really? book came out. Yeah. yeah, my grandma got it for me on like release day. Hmm. Um, maybe maybe I was the same case. But, but somewhere I, in that timeline, yeah, yeah. you read it before it was a thing. No, I mean, bro, I, I read the I read the books in second grade. Yes. And um, I, I read them in second grade for the first time, and I was like, man, these are so fucking good. Yeah. They're like the perfect cross between this is really easy for me to read as a kid, and this is super easy for me to read as an adult, even though it's still really good. Yeah. You know what I mean? The character building is great. The character building, the just the literature aspect of it, it's it's just easy to read without it being like 
baby book, you know? Like, it's the books complete... are eight, nine hundred page long, but it's like reading... I don't know. Like, for me, it's like reading a children's book. Maybe because I've been reading them for so long mm-hmm. from my childhood, but, like, I tell people, I'm like, bro, like, if you don't like reading, read the Harry Potter series. It is a, it is a, a perfect example of literature that is simple in execution right the words aren't huge yep the it's easy to read it's broken down in chunks it's easy to visualize it's very easy have you seen the people that do the comparisons from like jk rowling's uh the way she does character exposition at the beginning of like the first and second books Uh versus the movies versus other books of exactly she does a great job of like detailing the characters but without being yeah. I don't want to be the guy to say it because I like the books, but the series of unfortunate events, oh, yeah. which is like the all lemony, exposition. Lemony Snickets, yeah. yeah, so Lemony yeah. Snicket. He, I love those books. Yeah. I read them all. They're good. But Jesus Christ, yeah. he'll take three pages to talk about what a character looks like down yeah. to the way his shoes are sewn together. Yeah. And it will make you want to shoot yourself. Yeah. JK does and a great And those books job. are small, too. They're, they're all, well, they get bigger as you go. The, yeah, end, yeah. the last one is like chunky. But still, I the mean. The first three, four, five, eight still, of them. The last one. I mean, that's about the last one's like three hundred pages. Of, that's about the size of the Sorcerer's Stone. Yeah. The Order of the Phoenix is eight hundred and something. I could read Sorcerer's Stone in like three hours. Yeah, me. Yeah, like, I understand. So, like, I, that's the problem that I have with the Harry Potter movies is that they're so inaccurate from the books. Besides the first three, the first relax. three are pretty accurate. Relax. That's not a good way to portray that opinion, and you know it. Think about the Goblet of Fire for a second. Think so about I'm how thinking many, about it. Think about how many things are in that book that are not in that movie that's or that my, were changed in that movie. That's my point. If you say inaccurate, do you ever read Aragon? Yeah. You watch the movie? Yeah. That's an inaccurate movie. It is, but it's like, I don't know. Think, think about it. They only made one Aragon movie, but that book series has four books. I'm aware. They're on the my bookshelf. The Harry Potter movies are all portrayed from a book, from each book. So yeah, but the Aragon is supposed to be the first book. I know, I know, but and it didn't I, even but have. Didn't, but they didn't continue. Yeah, because so it was my shitty. point is, my point is that Warner Brothers should have done a better job as the books got thicker, and like almost like doing what they did with the seventh movie. That's I my like, point. I like That's how they my split point. that up. I yes. do. That's, that's my thing, is you can't say that the Goblet of Fire is inaccurate. You have to say it's incomplete. It is. But it's it not is inaccurate in some parts. In some, but yeah. not in a, there's way more stuff that's missing than there is the stuff that's different. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Harry Potter I should could have probably name up. I could probably name three or four things that are that are different from the book. Yeah, me too. Me too. For all of them. Especially, you're talking about from four onward. Four through six, you're right. Yeah. The Half-Blood Prince, horrible. I, I, think, I, I, I think that four is the worst one. The worst really? movie. The worst movie. Really? Yes. I think six is the worst one. No. Four, four is the worst movie. And, See, and the it problem starts, is though, it I starts think... because it opens up on the Quidditch World Cup. That is probably like, like two 200 or three, pages. It's like book. two or three chapters. <laughs> yeah. It's like two or three chapters worth in the book, and you see none of it. Five minutes you of it, maybe. You see them go on the maybe. porky. You see them meet up at the porky. Yeah, there's like a hundred pages see, before the porky. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I agree. And, and then and then you get there, and it's not Ludo Bagman announcing. It's Cornelius Fudge. There's That's one. one. Um, you don't see like the. I mean, you see the leprechauns for the Irish. Yeah. But for the Bulgarians, 
you don't see the um what are they called they're like women that come out that like kind of like uh are you surprised those weren't in the movie yeah i i am because because later on in the movie when bo batten's academy comes to hogwarts Mm -hmm. that girl floor delacour is supposed to be a descendant of i think they're called vizlas that's probably right those um those women that are like uh, they're basically like seductresses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and like when they pass by men, like men like literally can't not look at them. Um, which is they, like what Ron is dealing with the entire book. They did Every good, time Floor passes by, yeah. you know, he's looking at her. So there's that. and then, That's basically Ron's character from um, the fourth movie on. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I mean, I just, I just, I mean, there's just a lot like, like the maze. That was a missed opportunity in that Oh, movie. they fucked. They yeah, didn't I put the Sphinx that. in there. Yeah. They had, they had a ton of shit in the maze from the book that, that, that wasn't in there. Yeah. But um, it's so much, man. The maze is, was like a big chunk of the book. Yeah. Like a no, huge yeah, yeah. chunk. It you is. Know? I just really think that that movie was, I mean, and... Let me put it this way. It used to be my favorite of the mm. movies. And then, as an adult, I went back and read the series again. Yeah. And then I, I watched to... the series again, and I was like, whoa. I need to go back <laughs> and do them. I need to go back and do them um, side by side. So, like, read the book, watch the movie, read the book, watch the movie, read the book, watch the movie, and see you, how bro. I think. I'm telling you, bro. You're going to be disappointed. I know. I know. So, here's, <laughs> here's the thing. is I think the cinematography... It's beautiful. It's beautiful yeah. in in basically four to the end. Four was the moneymaker movie. Three three was a good movie too. I mean three As an adult, I think it might be one of the best ones. Three is one of the most accurate. Yeah. And it's because they got a new director. Yeah. Right? Yeah. They three was when the series was conceptualized as a young adult series instead of a children's series. Yeah. Right? They got a new director. They went in a slightly darker direction, but they didn't overdo it. Yep. And it was it was marketable to a lot of people from ages like five to ages like eighty. Yeah. Right. That's Three what I love about one. the Harry Potter movies is that they they continuously get more dark. Yes. And and it's because of Voldemort. Because and it's because the people were growing is, up with it. Because Voldemort is like He's like the embodiment. He, ugh, I can't talk. He's the embodiment of like loneliness uh-huh. and um, like self-loathing. Mm-hmm. So like, it's like every time you see a scene with Voldemort, it's supposed to give you like angst. You know, it's supposed to make you like really on edge and shit because yes. he's such an ugly character. And yes. like, that is one of the most accurate things from the book is the way that those movies portray. His character development. Exactly. Yeah. That's why I love it so much. Or the big. It's also for me one of the biggest things is that he's not a character. He's like a. He's like mood. A, yeah. He's like an entity. And yeah. The the turn. There's one turning point for the whole like series, right? In the movies, the movies portrayed it well from the books portrayed in the movies, and it's when he's reborn at the end of the fourth book. Yeah. And yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. Everything changes. That's why the books got big. Right, and that's why everything just like morphs from there. The mood yeah. morphs a lot, and I like that the the public perception of Voldemort's presence was really portrayed in the mood of the movies. Yeah, nobody gives a fuck in the first two movies. Right. Nobody seriously Everybody's gives happy a fuck. go lucky. Yes. Oh, in we're the, in the Wizarding World. Yes. Yeah. In the third movie is when it starts to take a turn. Everybody's yeah. like, okay, Sirius Black, something's weird. Maybe there's like a hint of Voldemort thing, and then the fourth movie, it's like Voldemort. 
there's a problem. There's there. it, they're here, yeah. And then he's reborn. You get a glimpse of that with the basilisk and stuff and Chamber of Secrets. Exactly. Um, exactly. Which is actually like if we're talking, I said earlier that Deathly Hallows Part Two is my favorite mm-hmm. Harry Potter movie. But if we're talking about my favorite accurate portrayal, yeah. Harry Potter movie. It has to be Chamber of Secrets. Oh, did that a good is job. a that is a great movie. Did a good job. Um, as far as fan service and just like what I like the most, I like Deathly Hallows Part Two, probably because it's like Endgame. Like it's really fucking cool. It's really full, cool. Um, it's really fan servicey. It is, and and you know I'm the type of fan that likes fan service. So <sighs> I haven't gotten to that. Yet. Go ahead, <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. I have one thing, but we have to talk about it. Go ahead. Go ahead. No. All right. So the fan service thing in, in Deathly Hallows Part Two. Yeah. Right? There's one moment that is missed, and it would be it. They did so much fan service in that movie, but they missed the most fan servicey moment in the book. It could have been the most fan servicey moment in eight movies. Mm-hmm. At the very end of the movie, mm-hmm. right before the 19 years later, when, before all that, when he keeps the elder one instead of snapping it and throwing it. No, he snaps it. it. He snaps it in the movie. No, right? he mends his wand. He mends yeah, his yeah, wand. Yeah, 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 yeah. The only thing yeah, that yeah. can fix his wand yeah. in the books was the Elder Wand. Exactly. And yeah. in the movie, he's just standing on the bridge. He's like, gets rid of it. And I'm like, you could have fixed. That was the perfect time. That was what we all had been waiting. They yeah. built up this wand thing. Yeah. Right? It's been going for for hours now. Yeah. We're talking Which about Which I love wand. the Elder Wand. It's, I do too. It's, it's amazing. I love but... the wand subplot. Yeah. Wands are a subplot of the seventh book that are completely underappreciated. The deal with the deal with um, Bellatrix's wand when they had to steal it and the, not steal it, but like they ended up with it after that whole scuffle at the at the mansion at the Malfoy mansion, right? Yeah. Um, where Dobby dies, rest in peace. Like that's that's a perfect subplot, and then dealing with. Um, when they were talking about when they were having to carry the Horcrux and what they could kill the Horcrux with, and everybody's wand not paying attention to them. And it started with Ron. People forget, but it started with Ron at the beginning of the second book, right? Yeah, where it was way, he, when he snapped his he wand. He snapped it on the way to Hogwarts in the car, <sighs> it's right? It's tragic. It's, a, it's, it's built up over seven books, yeah. right? Yeah. And it's just, that was the perfect time. That's the only, I hate that. I hate that movie for that reason. Yeah. Like, I, I'm so upset because that was the perfect time yeah, that was it. I just like I kind of like the way that movie portrays, um, which this it's not actually in, um, the Deathly Hallows book, uh, but that movie kind of in a way portrays Harry as death. Yeah, and like yeah, I know he's like the master of death, but it actually portrays him as like the master of death in that mm-hmm. movie. The movie in particular. Yeah, he overcomes death, and then he goes and, like, eliminates... Like, he's almost the bad guy in a way, you know? Like, the ring kinda, scene. Kind of like a kind of like a Thanos type of thing. Kind of, yeah. Um, because, like, Voldemort... But, but Voldemort and Thanos are different simply because Thanos is not seeking immortality. Thanos is seeking rest. Mm-hmm. Voldemort is seeking immortality because he's lonely. So the only thing that really can make him feel like he has a purpose is to be immortal. Mm. So he goes and makes these horcruxes and yeah, everything's cool until Harry comes along, 
which is like he just happens to be born on a a prophecy. Yeah. You know, which there is that whole thing about how Neville could potentially be the Dude. actual prophesized kid. They did actually do a good job with Neville. Yeah. This, yeah, they yeah. did a really good job with Neville. Yeah, and I actually think that in a way Neville still is the prophesized kid because they are born in the same time. Voldemort, one of his followers, disciples, did go torture Neville's parents. Mm-hmm. And Neville had a redemption arc at the end of that movie where he killed Nagini. Which so, you could make an argument. My favorite thing about this whole this whole Voldemort wouldn't have died if it wasn't for Neville. Correct. Yeah. And Harry Neville had to had to make an action to make a difference in that movie, right? Harry kind of got it on accident. Yeah. He didn't know that he had a Horcrux attached to him. He went and sacrificed himself for what he thought would be. You know what I mean? Exactly. It's 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 like in the in the in the parallel. Harry is both Iron Man and Thanos in this. In I this was option. about to say, yeah, right. It's, it's like, but Neville is like the complete other. Neville is like the Neville's freaking, like Steve. He's like yeah. worthy. So he picks up the sword of Gryffindor because he knows that he can do this. Yes. And, he's and he has like, to. He's almost like Harry's guardian angel. Yes. The whole the whole saga because it's like. Because it's like, he's always there trying to get Harry to not do what Harry feels like he should do. Uh-huh. He's well, underwritten. Underwritten, really. But on purpose. Like, J.K. did a great job. One of, of, ooh, that brings up a great... Go. One of my... One of the, the most... Like, one of the things that makes me the most angry about the Goblet of Fire movie is mm-hmm. the fact that they left out the entire scene from uh, the Mungo's Hospital. Yes, where, where they met. Yes, where they met Neville's parents, bro. That's and Lockhart was there and shit. Oh my god! You know what I'm yes, about? they did. They did. I almost forgot about that. Yes, that bro. drives me nuts. And we've never seen that hospital in on film, probably on purpose. Yeah. I mean, you know, we've I mean, they had to leave something film. out, but like, it's so important. No, yeah, so important because there was a whole that, that gave whole validity to Neville's about, character. Like, yeah, because it it made him like you know he's there. He runs into. It, Hermione and Ron and, and and the Weasleys and Harry and he's not expecting to see them there because Arthur's like there off of, this actually might be from Order of the Phoenix. Um but still they left yeah, it, they left it out it was. either way. It wasn't in there. Order of the Phoenix is, is it is it is from Order of the Phoenix because it's after Arthur gets attacked. Yes. In the Hall of Mystery. That's right. And that's so, also Order of the Phoenix is actually probably the book with the most left out stuff, but that's another discussion. Yeah, the four and five are both pretty bad about that, but um, probably because they're the biggest. They're the biggest book. Five is like almost nine hundred pages or something yeah. in the paperback it's the version. Biggest, it's the biggest book. It is. Yeah. But five also had more. That's a less great, important that's information. A great book. Five is my favorite. Yeah, it's a great book. I haven't told you that yet, but five is by far my favorite. But that's because I have a very serious. That's Sirius of, Black is my favorite character. But that's one of the darkest movies, too. Yeah, appropriately. Yeah. Appropriately. Yeah. Like, the, the, the prisoner of everything around Sirius Black. It gives a culty vibe because of Order of the Phoenix. It's like, it's almost like the rebellion in Star Wars where it's like, we're working against this overarching power that at this point in Order of the Phoenix is starting to take over the Ministry of Magic. Well, the, because the by Order of the, the Phoenix added the third entity, right? Yeah, because, because like in the Goblet of Fire, it was like the Ministry. Everybody was still on like the good or bad side. The Order of the Phoenix created it's a the neutral, gray, the neutral ground. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, which kind like, of adds complexity it's to like, the series. Oh, well, you got 
Snape in the Order of the Phoenix, but he's also the double agent. That was when we first found and out about that, that too. That is really a cool concept Dude. because Snape. Sorry. Um, okay. Um, Snape is like that character that you really want to be good. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But he's always giving off that bad vibe. And then in the end, it's like, okay, that's the ultimate fan service. It's like at the end of Deathly Hallows yeah. where he they dies. And it's just like him and Harry have that moment with the tear. It's so good. Like that shit makes me cry every time, bro. So, so as a person who really like grew up reading the books and waiting on movies, like that's an important distinction. There are fans of this series now that didn't have to wait. Exactly, yeah. As someone who waited for the movies and really waited for the seventh book, yeah. what was your opinion of Snape going through the timeline? Bro, I thought Snape was such an asshole. And then, like... <laughs> yeah. And then I read Deathly Hallows and really Half-Blood Prince, too. Half-Blood Prince gives, like... I'm not... I'm not going to lie. I'm not the biggest fan of him being the Half-Blood Prince. Mm. I didn't really think it made a lot of sense at first. But then when I kept reading it, like, at first I thought, like, oh, maybe the Half-Blood Prince is, like, Dumbledore or, or Tom Riddle, you know? I thought... Like, or, I Slu- think I... or even Slughorn, you know? Like, like Slughorn's book is the one that Harry picks up while Slughorn is teaching the class. Like, that seemed like it could be a plot point for me. I kind of was convinced um, it was either Slughorn or Tom Riddle. Yeah. Like, I really I But really Tom thought. Riddle, that wouldn't have made a lot of sense because of the diary. It had been like, okay, you guys did this twice. Yeah, that's what know? I was kind of thinking when it happened. So, with, with Snape becoming the Half-Blood Prince, I think that's a little corny that they had to make it almost like a love story with Harry's mom. But... I think I that it's also I think it's also the only way that that would have made sense because there's no way that Snape would have been friends with James and Lupin and Sirius. Yeah. And there's also no way that Snape would have just been like you know feeling for this bitch if he didn't have actual yeah. love interest. The concept so, is kind of corny but she wrote it well enough. Right? Yeah. Like, I think that his lost love idea, you know, him being an outcast and meeting this young witch that has similarities to her, but obviously is more popular, you know, and just more, like, probably well-rounded. Like, he was probably a smart kid, but he probably had, like, a lot of social anxiety. He probably had... He probably wasn't the most athletic kid, you know, you know, like, yeah, you know, yeah, it's like fits. being the fat he kid fits. in school, like, you know, or like the, the band nerd, you know, it's like, or the nerd nerd. It's like, you have to kind of pick one these days. There's not a lot of people out there that's like, oh, I play football and I'm marching the band and I have a 4.0, yeah. you know, it's like one, two or three. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that his character is complex in the way that it's like. He is that nerd that had like really good grades and he was like socially awkward and stuff and he was probably a progeny in some areas, probably potions and yeah, dark, yeah. dark arts. But, but he was underwritten. It's also huh? like yeah, he was underwritten, which makes me want to see like a Snape show or that was something. That's also kind of the point know? though, right? Because they needed him to have the mysterious quality. The 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 build up for that was kind of the the point, yeah, right? Yeah. I mean like you know, now that it's over, out. now that it's over, and they're doing new things like 
Fantastic Beasts, which are good movies. I hate it. Really? Yeah. I mean, they're not too bad. The thing about it is, is that a the thing with Johnny Depp right now and his his ex wife is like kind of gonna fuck that movie series because of Grindelwald and Dumbledore's big fight is like supposed to be you know in the Harry know, Potter series like that's been like the fight that people talked about for years. It's actually the only thing that's part of that series that we've been waiting on exactly from the original main canon exactly like that that shit. With the second movie, with the Obscurus, that ended up being like Dumbledore's brother. That yeah, was that was so dumb. That was retarded. Was I so hated. Dumb. I hated that shit. Yeah. Um, but like that fight, if we saw that happen, and yeah. that's supposed to happen in the last movie, there's supposed to be five Fantastic Beast movies, and that fight is supposed to happen in the very last one. So if That's we can much. stick it out, are we on two now? Yeah, just no, two? yeah, just two's come out. So if we can stick it out to the end and see that, I feel like it would be worth it. But it's like I have mixed feelings about Harry Potter side stories like that because, like, I don't really feel like they're as easy to do as Star Wars or Marvel side stories, which they should be easy to do because it's a it's a universe, a fantasy universe that has other things going on outside of the, I'm going to say the Potter saga because of the Skywalker saga and whatnot and the Infinity saga. But the Potter saga is going on inside this more vast wizarding universe. Is it more vast? I think so. Like, I don't feel, because, I mean, it's implied because there's different schools around the world that practice magic. There's there's different yeah. there's different ministries. We've seen that because there's the American ministry now in the in the Fantastic Beast movies. So there's no reason why but that's the thing. I feel like it would be hard to do that with a movie about wizards like that because it's like, okay, yeah, we could have a bigger threat come about, you know, somebody like Grindelwald or Voldemort where the world ministries of magic have to come together and fight as one but it's like why didn't they do that when Voldemort was happening so you know that that will be the Eternals problem exactly I think that Fantastic Beasts has the like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. problem where it's like it's connected but it's not really connected and we don't see enough continuity yeah Um, and then I think the only continuity from those movies right now is the fact that young Dumbledore's in them yes and Grindelwald is in them I need more yeah. I need more. That's, it, that's all there is. And Grindelwald is a great character, and Johnny Depp plays him really well. But he's supposed to be like this super powerful being that's probably more powerful than Voldemort, and he's not being portrayed that way. Yeah, absolutely. He's not. And, like, you know, I know that there's that whole thing about how nobody is the true master of the Elder Wand except Harry. So Grindelwald using the Elder Wand is not going to be that effective and, like, when Voldemort used the Elder Wand and somebody was like, oh, it's power, blah, 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 it's great for you. And he was like, no, I'm great. The wand is the same. That's because the, the Elder Wand was not giving its full yeah, self yeah, to yeah. Voldemort because that's not its master. Yeah. So I feel like Grindelwald has a lot of potential. I feel like Fantastic Beast has a lot of potential. But right now, it's not doing. It's not doing so great. I just so here's my thing. I I think that there's potential there, but I don't think it'll ever be great because we won't ever have the continuity. 
And if they did, so like the Derm Strength thing, yeah, dude, I'd watch a Derm Strength series, like a couple movies, maybe a TV thing. Yeah. But what happens? Who are we following? Are we following Victor Crumb? Exactly. So then it's it's back into the Potter saga at that point. You know? Which is fine. Or I think you that's could, fine. Or you could follow like Igor Karkaroff when he was younger. I'd do that. You know, that would be cool. But. Because he turned Death Eater. And there's stuff. no continuity. But right? that that's the thing though. If you watch Igor, uh, Igor Karkaroff show, it's still going to end up being back in the Potter saga. Because it's going to end up, Igor Karkaroff is going to meet up yeah. with Voldemort and stuff. And yeah, that could be a way for us to see like when Voldemort first came to power. You know, that's never been portrayed on film. It's never really even been portrayed in the books, just talked about. I might watch so, that, but yeah. there, we'll never get another... There'll never be a main character continuity, I think is my problem. That's the thing, though. Daniel Radcliffe will the never be in another movie. The only thing is, the only, the only thing that I think could come is a young Snape show. I think we could get... Listen to this. I'd watch that. A young Snape show yeah. with Adam Driver, the dude that played Kylo Ren... As almost like a way to redeem him too for that might be the perfect actor for that exactly, and it would follow his years in like Hogwarts from like year four to seven maybe because Adam Driver looks a little older so he's not going to be able to like play like can't play a twelve year old super young student but he could he maybe could, play like fifteen or sixteen yeah he could no. play like year four through seven and we could really see that development stage with Snape and like maybe where he felt like he needed to skewer off into the dark arts more before he comes back full circle with Dumbledore and everything. All right. So whoever's listening for the, who owns Harry Potter? Is it Disney? I think Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers. Yeah. Warner Brothers. Listen to us. We'll take a cut. 10% is fine. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I would want for Adam Driver. That'd be, yeah. Maybe I've been, thinking, perfect of, I've been thing. thinking about that for a while. Yeah, that'd be perfect. He I've looks, been thinking about it for a while. He looks great for it. No, he's definitely. got the black hair. He's got the... The, the nose, everything, yeah. Yeah, dude, absolutely. Is that right. the only thing? What? Is that the only thing that you can do with Harry Potter? That's the only thing that I can really think of, like, that I would that I would be willing to watch, like, f- like fully invest my time in, because I think it would be worth it. Because uh, I think if they tried to do something with, like... Hagrid, like a backstory for Hagrid, or, no, or like no, a backstory no. for like uh, the Dursleys or somebody, it no. would just kind of be unwatchable. You, you, I think that the the point is you would have to do some prequel something, right? Yeah, we don't want to do the night. People have talked about the nineteen years later thing, like a lot. And that's the lot. thing. So the Cursed Child, that screenplay book, mm-hmm. that's a really good book too. But there's some weird shit in there. Have you read it? No, but I know. Yeah, it's like time traveling and stuff. It's some uh, weird stuff with with Harry's son and Draco's son. They're like best friends. Yeah. Um. And and they time travel to like the moment where Voldemort was coming into uh, Godric's Hollow to kill Harry. It's weird. Interesting. It's weird. Yeah, I'm not about that. And then they meet up in a church, and then there's this weird witch that's with them that ends up being... Like, okay, so Cedric Diggory's dad, Amos Diggory, yeah, yeah. he's in that book mm. as like a really old man. Mm, and he's okay. got this nurse that takes care of him sure. that ends up being Voldemort's like granddaughter or some shit. It's like a Sidious plot where Ray is like it's plot? weird. It's really weird, what bro. The actual plot? I read that book in a day. I have it. I'll let you borrow it if okay. you want. 
It's weird, bro. Like, it's like she ends up being like this super evil witch that is like a descendant of Voldemort. And the whole reason why she even convinced Harry and, or not Harry, the whole reason why she convinced um, Albus, which is mm-hmm. Harry's son, and Draco's son, um, what's that kid's name? Fuck, it's weird. It's it's so like yeah, I it's forgot like, it. <sighs> Forget things. It starts with an S. It's some snaky shit. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Um, But the reason why she convinces them to go back in time in the first place is that so she can meet Voldemort in the physical form before he dies and the is first like, time. and be like, hey, I'm your daughter, and like let's team up. And Voldemort's like, what the fuck, and kills her. It's so weird, bro. What the actual and fuck like, is yeah, going on? Yeah, and like they travel back in time with Harry and Hermione and Ron and Draco. So they got these four adult wizards with them. Back in time, in the time where Harry is an infant in Godric's Hollow, and as Voldemort is walking into the town, they're hiding out with their children in this church, and this evil witch that's posing as Amos Diggory's nurse, and like drawing Voldemort into the church to try to kill him so that the events of whatever they're trying to stop, I don't even remember, don't happen. What the fuck? It's weird, <laughs> bro. It's really weird. It's really, really yeah, weird. Yeah, I don't, I don't think there's any other Harry Potter spinoffs other than the prequels. No, yeah. Maybe Young Dumbledore. But see, that's the thing. Fantastic Beasts is kind of showing that. It's trying. So it is. It's going to take us five movies to get there. If we even I get, want a Dumbledore-centric. Yeah, even if we, if we even get... Or I think another really cool Harry Potter prequel um, thing that we could see that would mm. be very... Much uh, on the continuity uh, side is like a Hogwarts founding show. Oh, with, with the four? With the four founders. That, I could see yeah. that. I'd actually get behind yeah. that for sure. That's probably... That and the Snape show are my two biggest like... Okay. Let's see them. You know what let's I'm saying? See let's see that. Let's see that. Yeah. That's probably so, two good ones. Goodness. But um, so before we end, there was one more thing that I wanted to get into. Go. Um, and that's fitness. Because I've been working out. Um, you know, I could talk about this forever. Yeah, and I just wanted some, I wanted some, uh, you know, to talk about it a little bit and see. Because I've been talking to different people about fitness. Like, I met a couple guys at the gym yesterday that were, like, retired military. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they were younger. You know, he had, one of the dudes had a Star Wars, like, sweatshirt on or something. Yeah, and I had a Star Wars hat on. So, like, we started talking. You going to crunch? Yeah. Okay. Um... So, and me, me and Jessica are going, like, together, but mm-hmm. we do different things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, no, like, you know, what do you do? Um, what have you done? And, like, what do you think is a good, like, realistic, like, thing to start um, getting in shape with? What, you, what your goal is is the most important. Are um, you on a weight loss thing? Not necessarily. I'm on more of a toning thing. Okay. Yeah. That's what I'd like. I think but I'm going to lose about, weight in the process. Is it all about physicalness? Like physical look? Or no. Physical? No. Feeling. Okay. Physical feeling. That's important and a distinction. So Look too. I want to look better. Obviously. But, we all do. Yeah. We all do. So my thing right now is... Um, I have, are you familiar with everything I've been doing for the last like six months? I know you've been running, doing a lot of cardio and, and the keto and stuff. So like the Sober October thing last year i did sober october um i started the running started running about a year ago 
like re-running, right? I ran when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. Sober October, I did the keto. Um, I got off. I obviously stopped drinking, um, but that was kind of like a side product of everything of keto, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, it was a time for me to get my mind right. So I started reading again, like consistently, trying to write music, trying to journal, trying to make sure my diet's healthy, um, trying to do that. I do a lot of cardio, but since then, really since like in December, maybe the last like six months or so. I've been doing alternating days of like everyday cardio, basically Mm -hmm. alternating days of light functional fitness, weightlifting. So like in the, you'll see over there in the corner, like the kettlebell and the mace and everything. And then like bodyweight workouts. So like a lot of pushups and crunches and burpees and stuff like that. Um, for me, um, my goal is to, I mean, I want to look better obviously, but my goal is to gain weight. Right. Cause I was small. Right. right. I, I'm up to like 170 now, which is a big deal for me. Like I've never yeah. been 170. When I came here, I was like 150 or less. Right. And that's a big distinction. And I still don't look like what I want to look like, but I, you know, I do a thing. But for the feeling though, um, that was kind of more what I was focused on because I wanted to get back to not having, I, you know, tiredness in the middle of the day, uh-huh. like that 2 a.m., 2 p.m., like um, sluggish part. The biggest thing for me was diet, like by far. I just screw all the cardio and everything. The diet thing really changed everything I did. And I got off the keto. I'm not on keto now, obviously, because I work at a brewery. Beer's not keto, right? right, 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 right. <laughs> but um, here at the house, I don't keep sugar. I don't keep bread. I keep no carbs at the house. The only thing that's ever in my fridge is salad and steak, basically, mm. right? Um, and that's pretty helpful for me. For, and that's another part of like my practice habits and everything else too is for me just making sure that what I want to be doing is easily and available is like the closest way. So if I keep the stuff in the fridge clean, I'm more likely to eat clean, right? Yeah. If I keep the practice tools and the stuff set up, I'm more likely to play it. You know what I'm saying? Stuff like that. So, but if you're looking at just feeling better, I would say start with like a modest amount of exercising but not lifting right time spent not necessarily lifting time spent is more important than pounds lifted yeah for the beginning stages yeah. like you will not get buff from not you but anybody yeah will not yeah. get buff from just like okay i haven't worked out in six years but i think i'm gonna go start bench pressing tomorrow no yeah you won't no so no for, i would say and i'm that, not thinking that either but like i mean i go to the gym now i've been i've been going for about for about a week and a half, mm-hmm. okay? And you got, you got to think about me. I've never willingly worked out ever in my life. Yeah. So for me to even get a gym membership and start going consistently, like the only day I've missed was graduation day. Yeah. Like I even went on my birthday. Um, so for me to be even having that kind of commitment yeah. is a big deal for me. So I go, I do stretches, and I do like – Stuff that is cardio esque, like mainly treadmill, mm-hmm. um, which is great. Good start. A little bit of running or jogging on the treadmill. I can't do that long, um, but lots of walking on the treadmill, a little bit of jogging, lots of stretching, um, some incline roping, yeah, uh, oh, and yeah. some battle ropes. Battle ropes, good. Um, and then like just uh, like you know taking two like two dumbbells and just going out like extensions and stuff like that um and then trying to do some like planking and stuff like that 
I'm not going to lie. I have been doing some lifting. But that That's is fine. because, like I said, I mean, you said you want you, – one of your goals was to, to gain weight. Um, I think, like, as far as weight loss is concerned, like, I'm not really – I'm definitely not as big as I have been in the past. Sure. Uh, and I'm not necessarily looking to drop a whole bunch of weight because I know that people work hard to have mass like me. You sure. know what I'm saying? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Absolutely. like – I'm just trying to find a way to take my mass and make it a more muscular, more mm. toned and B make myself feel better in the process without necessarily changing a whole bunch about my diet. Because I understand. It's going to be hard for me to do That's That's always been the turnoff with like nutrition and shit with yeah, me yeah. is like, really drastically changing what i eat and so a couple things yeah one um there's a perception about fitness that i feel like is wrong with most people um especially when you're talking about the running i kind of get the sense where it's like you can't do that for very long Uh um the the deal with stuff especially cardio is it's not miles run and it's not really time run either, right? Or time put in. If you're talking about treadmill or battle ropes or road machine or whatever. Yeah. Um, it's more about, it's part of the reason I have this thing and I, I have been focusing on that. It's a whoop strap, by the way. I don't know if we've talked about this yet or not. But it's basically about um, management of your uh, cardiac like, like pressure. Like heart rate. Heart rate. Yeah. And time spent in what percent of your heart rate. So part of the thing this does is it measures your strain. And it does that by calculating what percentage of your maximum heart rate you were at and how long you spent there. Yeah. Right. You you are more strained. Your body is more strained if you spent more time at a higher percentage of your maximum heart rate. So like I'm more likely to be tired if I did five minutes at ninety versus doing twenty minutes at sixty. Right. So it's kind of a weird. There's stuff for that. So if you want to do the treadmill thing and you really want to focus on time spent or just amount percentage of your heart rate. Find a comfortable eighty percent and do that for longer as opposed to doing like a like a higher rate, right? Yeah. And even if you just go to like like a really, really, really like fifteen minute mile slow jog, yeah. you're better to do that for twice as long than to do a twelve minute for half the time. You know yeah. what I mean? So just keep the heart rate up. The diet thing too is another thing. Um the keto thing for me. I love extremes. Mm-hmm. I like to just randomly, like, you know me. I do crazy shit sometimes. I got a lot of flack for, like, running a graduation yesterday and just stupid, stupid stuff. Um, but the diet thing for me, I basically was just like, ah, I can do this. Screw it. And threw out everything in my kitchen. Yeah. It's obviously harder for you. And it's harder for, like, you're, like, the majority by a large margin. 99% of people could not randomly chuck everything in their kitchen and start eating only red meat and leafy greens. Yeah, right? no. But you can do a better job of managing what you're eating. Mm-hmm. So like the biggest things that you can get rid of to really affect like weight and the way you feel is going to be carb intake and sugar intake. Yeah. Right. And that's part of the keto thing. That's part of what I realized. But the biggest two things that I realized about those is that it's not carbs and sugars. It's what carbs and what sugars. Right. Right. right? So you can't like, don't go eat a freaking seven candy bars a day, right? But if you want to eat some sugar, find some good, real sugar that's digestible, like 
the biggest thing was sodas, right? Uh-huh. So that's that's just like basically processed sugar in a can. Yeah. Find some stuff that's naturally sugary and do that, right? Yeah. Any any option, anything, literally anything, especially in the foods that you cook, you can find ways to implement sugars, especially in fruits and stuff. Yeah, I was about to say like it's citrus and stuff. Way, yeah. It's way better. Yeah. And then the carbs thing, you got to talk about easily processed carbs. So I think about this on a, the, the difference is like, Bread's kind of like in the middle. Like bread's not great for you, but it's not bad for you. Like yeah, it's, you know, don't it's go, sustainable. Don't go eat a loaf of it, right? Uh-huh. But the bad part is like potato chips. Yeah, where it's like potato chips go through your body in like 0.2 seconds, right? Whereas there's longer acting carbs. So like, if you can find a real sourced whole grain pasta, yeah, not the stuff that says whole grain on the box, right, right, but the real stuff, right? Yeah, stuff so, that's made from dough that's. Like put through and some not, of it, yeah. You yeah. just have to be careful what you read on boxes at stores because they'll be like some of the Italian source stuff will be like whole grain, single grain processed pot. You just gotta you gotta do some research. I don't need a whole lot of pasta, so I'm gonna have to do some of that too. But you know what I mean? There's ways to fit them all together so that you actually are getting the energy that you need. Because a lot of the diet problems that people talk about is because they feel the urge of hunger, yeah. and they and that's what drives them to eat. Yeah. When in reality, they just have a, a taste profile, and when they need to eat, they eat exactly that much versus just eating. Yeah. And you're whatever. talking to a, a food connoisseur too. You know what I'm saying? Like, exactly. I, I love food. Exactly. So, so like, I would stress you to go find food that you really love that might be a little more healthy and then really structure when you eat it and how much you eat yeah. as opposed to what you eat. That's way better. Have you tried intermittent fasting? No. I've I been, think you should. My, I grew up in a, a Greek Orthodox household that forced me to fast every for a week every year. So a week? I was just like, okay. Yeah. Do you know what intermittent well, fasting it's supposed is? To be, it's supposed to be a month worth of fasting, but I could only do a week. Do you know what intermittent fasting is? It's like different spurts of it. Yes. Yeah. But not days, like hours. Oh, yeah. So I do right now. I haven't eaten today. None of this is going to break my fast necessarily. Now, there might be, a, you know, a glass of whiskey might be okay. I might have by now with this much, right? Yeah. Um, but basically what you do is you go like minimum normally is like 12 to 14 hours. But if you do that while you sleep, so like if you eat your dinner at 8 or 10 p.m., just don't eat until noon the next day and you're good, hmm. right? Sometimes and that I is, do that anyway. Most people do a lot. Not most people, but a lot more people do that anyway than they realize. Yeah. I try and be done eating by because of my work schedule by like 11.30. Try not to eat till 2 or 3 the next day. I'm on like a 14-hour fast. Super easy, right? Hmm. So the way that that works is you have to you have to, and there's a big word that people are going to talk about that people don't talk about enough called metabolic flexibility. Uh-huh. And that's basically um, training your immune system and your gut and your every, your biome of your body to be flexible enough to handle the problems that come at it. So if you intermittent fast, you're more you're less susceptible to hunger causing you a problem. You're less susceptible to the 2 p.m. like drags, to tiredness. Um, you're going to sleep a little bit better. You're going to do that. And the more cardio you do, the more cardiac flexibility you have in your body. So even though you might not be working out as much, right, having different, and not the more cardio you do, but the way you do your cardio, just the people who go in and they run every now and again and just break themselves down is not as good as like having a very serious um, continuity of schedule of cardio and having a little bit of different kinds of cardio that you're doing, right? 
Um, That's the one thing about me that I haven't uh, been able to like set in stone yet is like a workout schedule. Like, I don't be good really know what I'm doing when I go there. I just do different things. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, that, so make, you should, that make my body feel good. You should start with so. um, your goals. So, like, if you want to just kind of tone up, get rid of a little bit of extra anything, right? Um, you should start with researching stuff that's going to do that for you. And what the, uh, like, what the daily schedule is. So, what days you should go, when you should go. Um, and then you should experiment with what times you're most likely to be good to do those things. So I notice the day, the times of the day when I can run and when I can't run. Yeah. Like if I go after I eat a meal, I'm probably not going to get through a mile and a half without ready, being ready to die. Yeah. I have to go in the morning. I come, I wake up, have coffee, read a book for 30 minutes, do my breathing exercises, stretch, go run. I'm good. If I come home... As long as I haven't had any um, meals or uh, like heavy car- uh, heavy cardiac, heavy carb, so like beer for the last several hours, I'm good to run at night, even up to like 12. If I try and run at 2 p.m. in the afternoon, I'm going to die. Yeah. So you got to find times like times during the week and then times during the day that you're functional enough to do that to where you feel better and you can perform the best. Yeah. And then once you know that, then you find an exercise schedule that's really good for you. For me, I felt like I was pushing myself appropriately when I was doing um, functional fitness one day, alternated with body weight exercises, which are more cardiovascular intensive. Mm-hmm. So like kettlebell lifts and mace lifts and dumbbell lifts one day, that's it, plus running. And then the next day, running plus push-ups, crunches, burpees, um, different amounts of sets of stuff. And I can do all that at home, but... yeah. Um, you just have to find, you just got to experiment, man. This took me months. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm yeah. still not great about it. I'm still trying new stuff every day, Yeah. but I'm happy that I can target exactly what I want. Yeah. And I'm like, my back has gotten way better Yeah. because I did a lot of kettlebell, like shoulder intensive stuff. Uh-huh. And it really made me, um, it reduced my shoulder pain. It reduced my chest pain. It's made my squats a lot better. Stuff yeah. Like, like so, lower back pain. That's one of my biggest things that. Mm-hmm. I've been dealing with lately, like my my lower back exercises on it. has been killing me, bro. Yeah, and like ever since I've been going to the gym, like I mean, I've like I said, I've only been going like a week and a half, and I already feel better, you know. Yeah, and and just gotta and, keep pushing it, man. Yeah, I just I know, and like, bro, when I when I first went, I was so fucking sore, and now I mean, like me and Jessica went last night. We left at we we left the gym last night at like eleven thirty. I feel fine, you know. Like I'm not sore. I'm, there you, go. you know, and I and I lifted last night. I was mm-hmm. doing incline bench. I was doing tricep curls, bicep curls. Mm-hmm. Um, I was doing shoulder press, chest press, yeah, and cardio. And you know, with lifting and stuff, you can get cardio between those two. Yeah. If you shorten the the duration between your lifts and lift a little bit like lower weight, uh-huh. that can also be cardio exercise for you. So that's another thing. Yeah, just, I mean, I don't lift crazy, bro. Like, yeah, I, then yeah, just I don't, keep it tight. I don't bench press. Like I, I've not even gone over that area. I've mm-hmm. been dealing with dumbbells less than twenty pounds, and yeah, I mean, if I do chest press and shoulder press and leg press and stuff, well, leg press a little more, but chest press, shoulder press, and like up back press like that, I put like thirty five on each so, side. So do that and experiment with lower amounts of reps and lower time in between. And that'll really kind of up you. And my only two pieces of advice for that is just keep doing that consistently. Be patient 
yeah. right? Because gains are going to be, or gains or losses, no matter what area you're going there, they're going to be slow. Yeah. Right. And then just, just put in the time. Yeah. Really, I mean, it's it's all what it's about. It's, I mean, like I said, I'm not trying to become like you know this stick. No, like I know that my body is still going to look about the same size. Nobody, it's not about that. But it's not I about want that. it to be, be... Be healthy. Be yeah, comfortable. Yeah. I want... And, like, that's the thing. Like, going into graduate school and everything, like, I want my chops Dude. to be up there. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like physical health will help with that. People don't talk about how much um, physical fitness is important in percussion. Yeah, exactly. My exactly. And I've never me, experienced... I've never experienced like myself as a percussionist in shape mm-hmm. you know like Dude, as, a, as a marcher you'll or see something, bro. you'll see like it, not even marching drum set but but i'm saying though like as a marcher i feel like it would have been the most useful and mm-hmm. i never really thought about it until now mm-hmm. and it's like i know i've kind of i've kind of moved past my marching time that's fine that's fine but with drum set like even something as simple as like playing my samba faster yeah because that shit is so stamina oriented bro right there forearm <laughs> muscles and curls man i feel so much faster behind the drum set yeah and the cardio too like yeah. i don't feel like i get winded i played a two-hour set the other day at freaking downtown at the courthouse for jen and like 100 degree weather i got done i was like i'm tired but i, I normally i would be floored yeah i'm like that's been a good six months for me yeah, yeah. so i'm starting to feel that already and like keep me updated yeah, I'm going to keep sure. going and shit. And, like, uh, you know, my goal for going into August is to just just feel better. That's you know? the plan. Like, the plan. I don't plan to have my body the way I want it by then, but I plan to be on track for that, Good. you know, and keep going. Um, you know, because then after that, I'm going to have a whole two years to just keep going to the gym and keep keep doing it. And then wherever else I end up after this, then, you know, continue it there. There you I mean, go. That's what that's that's what I want. I mean, it's a it's a lot easier said than done, but no, but that's that's um, reasonable. Yeah, that's reasonable. So, yes. but yeah, well, I think this has been good. Good cool. time to end it. Yeah, I mean, this was almost three hours. Oh wow, almost yeah. three hours, man. Yeah. So. Goodness. Well, anyway, um, it's been fun. Yeah, Thanks bro. for coming. Yeah. I'll put this out sometime later in the next uh, little bit. This was my first podcast that I've ever done, and it's been inspiring. Yeah, I appreciate it. Because I want to um, – I really want to um, do, like, some some Fantasy World podcasts. Do it. Sure. Yeah, I really do. Yeah, we'll, we'll go again before I go if you want. Yeah, so when, are, so when are you moving? In uh, July? In July. Yeah. I'm thinking July 1920 is going to be, like, the last day somewhere in there. Okay. Yeah. So we got no, time. yeah, we should definitely do another one. We'll do another one. Um, we'll do this, another one. this was fun. We could bring some different drinks. Oh, for sure. That's, that's kind of the point. do some rum next time. Okay, fine. No, no. I It'll be new for me, but we'll try it. I liked this. All right, no, I don't know a lot of rum. We should do some scotch. We'll do scotch. I yeah. like that. We'll do rum and scotch. Okay. All right. All right. Peace out, guys. This has been Theo. Have a good time. Appreciate it.